This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that wandered around like dead souls after losing to Liverpool last Friday night. Uh, the honeymoon is over, and our worst fears were confirmed as an impressive Liverpool all but swept Chelsea aside in the first half on Friday night. Uh, Chelsea fought back, but the damage was done, and we lost our first game of the campaign and the first defeat for new manager Conte. All the fears over the squad that finished 10th last season came back to haunt us. And it looks like it will take much guile and expertise from Don Conte, Il Capo, to turn the ship around. But is it all doom and gloom? Let's hope that the Chelsea fancast can provide some insight and substance. I'm Stamford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is The Chelsea Fancast, Your Worst Fears Confirmed. Uh, so no mystic title tonight, chaps. Just calling it as it is. Now uh, joining me tonight, I'm delighted to say we have uh, my my colleague, uh, my my buddy, Mr. Dan Silver. Good evening, mate. And how are you? I'm very very well. Very very well. Five yeah. years long distant memory, which I forgot. That is about. the most. Yeah, I, do you know what, mate? You you hit on something there. The beauty of having a, a a game on Friday night is that you have the entire weekend to sulk. And get over it, which is pretty much what I did. Now, I know a man uh, who would never sulk uh, under any circumstances whatsoever. And he would be the high priest of the soon-to-be-returning, I'm delighted to hear, Podding Shed, Mr Tony Glover. Good evening. I don't think you know me that well, mate. I could, uh, if, there was a, if there was an Olympics event for sulking, I reckon I'd be a, a nailed-on gold every single time, mate. But then... Probably most blokes could say that, couldn't they? Well, that, that is true. I have to say, I was absolutely so proud of the fact that uh, you, me, and and Sylves were in the the cock beforehand, all gaily talking about, oh well, we'll meet up for a beer in the Tommy Tucker. Yeah, every <laughs> single one, every single one of us flounced out of that ground and went straight home on Friday night. Did you notice that? 
<laughs> well, I was going to anyway, but I must admit, there was one point where you actually said, you said, I've seen all these people I haven't seen since May. It's just like last season. Oh, how prophetic that was. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, I should have kept my mouth shut. Now, a man who I'm delighted to say is never, ever, ever uh, going to keep his mouth shut, but not in a Jonathan Kidd style. Uh, Dan, uh, without doubt, one of the most prolific and one of my favourite Chelsea-oriented journalist, great friend of mine, great friend of this show. And uh, uh, I'm going to introduce you first, but I've got something to talk to you about, Dan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well, despite the obvious handicap of Friday night. Not doing too bad. Well, indeed. We've all forgotten about that, thankfully. Now, um, one thing I would say is, Dan, if you if you have read the script, and I know that you haven't because you've just fessed up to it, but if you had, you will notice lots of references. In fact, there have already been three references to Joy Division songs, Dead <laughs> Souls, Insight, Substance. And there's a reason why I've done that, isn't there, Dan? Uh-huh. I suppose there is, yeah. Friday night was a miserable, miserable night, and Saturday was one of the best Saturday nights I've had in a long, long time. Um, because... Um, you, know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that, that this sort of thing could start in the uh, the Weatherspoons at Elephant and Castle because not much ever does. Um, but I found a wallet in there on Saturday afternoon. Um, not often you find a wallet in the Elephant and Castle, well, Dan. To be well, fair, this is also true. Yeah, um, containing um, about eighty quid and seven tickets for Peter Hook and the Light at uh, the uh, Kentish Town Forum. Now, Peter Hook is one of my favourite artists of all time. Joy Division, uh, New Order, fantastic guy, fantastic musician. And I managed to find the people who owned this wallet and reunite them with it. And I just happened to mention this on Twitter. And no no other legend but Peter Hook replied to my tweet and said, here you go, lad, you're on the guest list. Wow. And I had a, an absolutely amazing Saturday night. It was wonderful. We did um, an hour and a half of Joy Division, an hour, uh, an hour and a half of New Order, and, and just such a good night. Well, I, I, I happened to know, you know, I saw your original tweet, actually. And then I... Uh, you know, and and then saw saw the Peter Hook uh, replies, and in in fact, I, I mean, you you got on the guest list, and you went to see. I mean, and you're right; he's one of you know Joy Division, one of my favourite bands of all time, and I love New Order too. And and I was tickled pink just getting a, a like and a retweet by Peter Hook, let alone getting on the bloody guest list, mate. So <laughs> well, likewise, yeah, likewise. I know, fantastic. I really just absolutely what a love, what a fantastic story, and I've got to say. I mean, you know, we said it all on Twitter at the time, but but uh, fair play to Peter Hook uh, for for being an absolute gen. And it was clearly a good gig, Dan, wasn't it? It was it was superb, and um, and the whole of the the form was bouncing. There were you know, a couple of thousand, I suppose, people in there, and and everyone just had a magnificent time. And then afterwards, um, uh, stuck on the uh, on the platform at Kentish Town Station, waiting for a, a cancelled train. I got a chance to this guy um, who uh, used to be a bouncer at the Hacienda. And I just mentioned to him what had happened. And he goes, oh. And he put his hand in his pocket and he pulled out a tenner and he pressed it in my palm. And he said, get yourself a drink, son. Get yourself a drink. And he wouldn't have the money back. So, no way. So not only did I get a free night at a great gig, I made a profit on it. Fantastic. Well, there Brilliant. you go, you know. Good things happen to good people in my book. Uh, now, Honestly, um, just, kids, as they say. In, indeed it does. Now, uh, something that this show is... I don't know whether we're an honest show or not. Maybe time will tell. But what I can say, uh, for, for for Dan's benefit and, and in honour of uh, both his generosity and, and Peter Hook's, um, there will be plenty of Joy Division references tonight, and I want people to let me know when they think that they've heard them. So there we go. Now, on the show tonight... Oh, here we go. First one coming up. We, we will be asking, has the new dawn faded? Hey. 
And should, we, uh, yeah, and should we modify our expectations for this season? We'll also be revealing the winners and the utter disgraces in the Chelsea Fancast fan duel results. You know who you are. Mm. I, can, I, can ex- I can exclusively reveal that there are no winners amongst the quartet here tonight. Anyway, in part two, we'll be talking uh, about Chelsea's lack of pace, the loss of control in midfield, the isolation of Diego Costa and the vilification of David Luiz. Uh, That is the last reference. It's not a Joy Division reference. It's just a posh word for the uh, way that the lazy mainstream football uh, media pre-wrote their uh, articles about the Liverpool match and coated poor old David Luiz off. But there you go. Now, in part three... Uh, we have got a chance to win another print from Arwen Thomas. Anybody who follows uh, at Chelsea Fancast will have seen this print. It's a beautiful print of the uh, European Cup, what we won in 2012. Uh, so there's a chance to win one of those if you're still listening in an hour's time, which I hope you will be. Uh, we'll also be taking a look at the latest news for the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge and the implications for the Chelsea pitch owners because we're lucky enough to have Dan Levine in the house. And Dan, I would say, is probably one of the most well-informed people therein. Or to put it another way, Dan is probably the only person I know who can actually read the planning application and understand it. Would that be fair, Dan? <laughs> probably. The, the giggle said it all, mate. Um, now, in amongst all of that, I have got... I was telling the boys before we went on, on air, but I have got the mother of all announcements to make about this show. Uh, it's all right, don't panic. We're not deciding to shut it down. No, we're going to have another show on Friday evenings, and I am going to blow your bollocks off with the news that I've got about that. So that'll be coming up in part three as well. You Please don't. I'm quite attached to Please don't. I will make you all very excited and probably very moist. How's that? (laughs) Slight improvement. Slight improvement by the sounds of it. Now, part four, as always, we've got the uh, usual roundup of Chelsea supporters news, and we've got a bumper crop of emails. I just hope I can get through them all. I I think they they took my moan last week about not having any emails to heart, and we we have four uh, so unless I lose the will to live, as uh, as will the audience, then I will read them all out. Now, uh, don't forget, of course, as always, you can listen to the show live every Monday night at 7 o'clock uh, p.m. by going to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you are. There's a there's a, there's a lot of oh, the usuals are in there. Who have we got in tonight? We've got Paul Burgess. How's JK, he says. I don't know. I, I, I ought to say, actually. Um, oh, very good. Sorry, sorry, Paul. I've just spotted John Chips Chiverton saying, is this a live transmission? Yay. Very good, John. And he also said earlier, Liverpool tore us apart, which is pretty true. But um, anyway, as I was saying, yeah, JK uh, is not with us tonight. Not because uh, he... What was, his, what was his catchphrase from last week? This is just oh, not just, working for me. It's just not working for me, Chidge. It's just not working for me. Uh, no, uh, Jonathan had always planned not to be on this show this week because, of course, his fantastic band, the Rudy V's, are playing uh, somewhere in town. So he's out uh, doing... Uh, I mean, it's great. If you've ever seen any of the clips he puts up on Facebook or YouTube, they're absolutely hilarious and he's in his element. So I hope he's having a great time. I hope he's missing us. And I very much hope that he's uh, forgiven me and comes back next week. Now, as I said, who else we got? Andy Silverman, Steve, CFC Mo, Scott Brandt. Uh, who else? Who else? John, I mentioned. Andy Silverman, the lovely Andy Silverman. Of course, we've got We Are The Shed. Oi, oi. And I'm glad you posted, actually, Richard, because um, it gives me an opportunity to say 
the only highlight of Friday night at the game was to see that fantastic dual, well, the four flags really associated with the uh, commemoration of 50 years of naming the shed. And I think you did us all proud. So well done you. I'm sure everybody would agree with that on here. Right, on with stuff. Uh, yes, of course, you can always tweet us and follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, as you well know, and I'll try and have a dip into that as well. Now, after this little sting, we're going to talk a little bit about football. Okay, now, um, in, in, in light of the theme of tonight's show, I am calling this New Dawn Fades. Yes, because yeah, I do feel, yeah, yes. I do feel that, uh, I mean, I was, I can't remember, I can't remember what I said, because I never remember what I say on the show anyway, but I, I, if I do remember correctly, I think I had a bit of a feeling that this was coming, because I think that we'd, we'd scraped through against Watford and West Ham and, and, and Swansea. I mean, we'd, we beat Burnley comfortably, but, you know, we hadn't put to bed you know, I mean, I know Watford beat United uh, this weekend, but you know, these are teams that we could hope normally to to beat without too much trouble, and we had scraped through. Um, so, you know, essentially, um, I thought this was a, a result waiting to happen in our in our first real test against a decent side, and, and I'm afraid, Tony, we 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 kind of failed a bit, didn't we? Oh, oh we did. Um, the, the first half. I mean, I. You know, I'm one of these, I'll never boo the team, but I kind of understood why there was an awful lot of booing um, when the players went off half-time because they'd shown so little in any way, shape or form. Um, they looked scared. Um, I wouldn't say looked tired, but they definitely looked a yard off the pace that we've seen previously. Or that may be just because the teams we've played have been at our pace. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm not going to be one of those um, those curmudgeons who, who complain that the ref... You know, the ref didn't do anything wrong. There was no one to blame. Liverpool came at us. They outplayed us. They dominated that first half. Um, and, and quite honestly, their first goal was was up there with one of the most shocking bits of defending I've ever seen. Um, like Keystone Cops, mate, wasn't it? Five, five Liverpool players in space, just in front of where I sit in the Matthew Harding upper. Just, did you know what? They looked shocked that the ball had got to them. And they almost looked like they didn't know who should take the shot. It was that kind of thing. Um, so it was a, it was a, an all-round dismal first half. Uh, yeah, and it was a 25-minute period in the second half, I think, where where we were really at them and at the races. But then we ran out of steam, and that slightly worries me. Yeah, last, it does. The I last mean, 10 minutes or so, we were, you know, they were comfortable, I think, to sit on there two-one. Well, and, and uh, they and they were they were absolutely doing that. I mean, I mean, I think the trouble is, and, and Conte kind of you know mentioned this in his in his post-match presser, didn't he, uh, uh, Silves? about the fact that, you know, you, you go down 2-0 in the first half and it's a massive uphill battle uh, and Liverpool could try and catch us on the break and with the pace that they have, they can do that quite easily. And it, it's really interesting, actually. I met a couple of really nice lads uh, who are sitting next to me uh, with their season tickets this season and one of them very nicely, when I, you know, sat down on my seat, said, you're Stanford Chidge, I listen to your podcast, of course, which always flatters me. Uh, and that, that was Paul, Paul and Mark. And, you know, we were basically saying... Uh, you know, at half time, we just couldn't see a way out of that because we couldn't see Chelsea scoring three goals to win that game. That that was the problem. No. You know, two 0 down, that was kind of game over, wasn't it, Silves? Yeah, I think 
since the second goal went in as an air of acceptance, we weren't going to come back for it. I mean, the first 60 minutes, they were very, very good. They always seem to have players in space, and we just seem to be chasing shadows. But it was just lack of attacking intent. I don't remember the keeper making many saves, didn't get many crosses in. It was, it, it was a repeat of last season, slow, pedestrian. And Liverpool did tire, and we could have had you know, a bit more effort in the last half an hour, earlier substitutions, bringing on second striker. We could have you know, had more of an impact on the game, because we got back in it at 2-1. I fancy us to get a, at least a point, having been a bit more aggressive in substitutions. Because they, they definitely sat back, and you can tell by the substitutions he made by bringing mm. on defensive midfielder. We just never really races. I mean, admittedly, yeah. Henderson's goal was a worldie, and that's enough, you know, to use a cliche to win any game. But we were yeah. just poor and slow. It was poor, very poor. Um, Dan, I, uh, I'm right, just so you two know, I'm going to call Dan Silver Sills and Dan Levine Dan, okay? Happy with yeah. that? Unless I, unless I get it wrong, which I invariably do. But Dan, um, I think. Uh, Sills made an interesting point there because I think that I think that was the most. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've only, we've lost two one to a decent side. We shouldn't be, as Tony as so eloquently puts, shitting our nappies. But I don't think that was the the point. The point, and that's why I said your, your worst fears confirmed for this show because in one evening we were taken right back to where we la- were last season, having kind of perhaps deluded ourselves slightly that it was all going to be different. You know, we're all going to be flying this season. Conte's brilliant and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, Dan, you know, it's basically the same squad uh, with a couple of additions and not enough that we had last season. And frankly, much of that squad is not good enough, in my opinion. Apparently so. There was no technique. There was no substance. Very uh, good. You, you, you're following me here, OK? Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's basically just a load of... It's a procession for Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was no ceremony needed. No, I think um, it was all power, corruption and lies, mate. Yes, yeah. But um, parking that for now, yeah, it was it was it was poor, and um, we were well and truly second best. And uh, you know, I actually said at half time that I thought Liverpool were unlucky to have two, and Chelsea were lucky to have nil. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah. It felt a bit like that. Um, one of the, the big talking points, of course, to come out of the game, I think, was was the substitutions or lack of them. Well, there um, we go. Do you want to talk about what? You, what, what was your take on that? Um, my take was, I think, like an awful lot of people, um, uh, there was a surprise that um, there was no change to the mix at half time. Because what was out there was clearly not working. Uh, I think most people expected to see Fabregas on after the break, and it didn't happen. Um, and then as the uh, the match wore on, people were expecting more and more to see you know, just some of that bench use, because there's some, there's some good names on that bench. Okay, it's not all gold, but um, you know, particularly Batshuayi would have been good to see. We asked Conti about this afterwards, and he said, and this is something I've written about quite a lot this season. He's clearly got a certain style, a certain way he wants to play the game. And he's trying to work on that. And he's trying to expose his team that can work that way to as many minutes as possible. And then that's why we've seen him changing things very, very late in previous weeks. Never as late as this, though. Seven minutes to go. Um, well, well, that's a good point, Dan. When, when has he been bringing the subs on hitherto? Because I, I, my, my feeling was that, that they've been coming on with 10, 15 minutes, but not much yes. more than that. That's about right, yeah. The average time has probably been about 78 minutes. Um, and I think he was off. trying to bring them on then, to be fair. But, of course, we couldn't get the bloody ball off Liverpool, so we couldn't bring them on any earlier. Yeah, and it ended up being 83, 84 yeah. minutes, as I say. Yeah. Um, he, he said that he wanted to bring on Fabregas. He was very clear about that. And he also wanted to bring on two wingers uh, and asked directly about why Batshuayi didn't come on. He said, well, you know, he could have been one of those two wingers, but, you know, he wasn't. I decided to go for Pedro and Moses. Um, I think... You know, one of the things for me, when they did come on, I mean, Fabregas looked rubbish, frankly. Mm. Um, and, you know, he looked like he didn't even have um, sort of a first touch. 
Uh, I don't know if that's because he'd be stood there for so long waiting to come on, that they'd been overwarmed up, that they'd been—I don't know—but um, but it was just not a success on any on every any level at all, really, was it? I'm afraid it wasn't, and you know, as I said, like there was a real there was a real sense of the bubble bursting, the honeymoon being over. You know, just cho- choose your cliche, really, but. Uh, you know, does this, in in a sense, uh, you know, you know, having had the weekend to reflect upon it, Tony, um, do you think it means, in a positive sense, that our, our our expectations about this season will be and should be more realistic than perhaps they were before that? Um, I, I'm going to be quite upfront with you and say my expectations for this season were never much more than um, a fourth place at best, anyway. Um, and I think mm. um, I think I, I quoted the, the stat that no one's gone from tenth to six, uh, to third or something, and, and or only one team has done it in about twenty years. Wow. Um, we are, we, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we are. We, you know, we we're still a work in progress, and I think there's an impatience on the part of the fans. And I'm not going to coat the fans off this week, well, maybe one or two, but um, there's name a name and shame, Tony. Name and shame. Yeah. There's an impatience on the part of the fans that, you know, kind of come to expect us to win trophies every year. And of course, some of us are a bit longer in the tooth and have, we, you know, we had the desert from 1970 onwards to 1997 or whatever it was. Um, and I, I don't want to go back to that, but not everybody can win everything. And I, I hope Conti has been given a kind of remit to go in there and, and build something there. I think he didn't have enough time to probably get the players he wanted. It would have been difficult because of the Champions League. Um, although I, you know, I, I'm one of these people who think you mean the just, you mean the, the uh, European Champions? Yeah, yeah. It, well, I just think yeah. So, well, I just think because you know, if you wave enough money in front of a player, they'll come. They don't care about the, they don't think they're that glory bound. I think you know, just care about the wedge. Otherwise, City would never have recruited anybody ever. In mm. this particular case, I think you said it. You know, West Ham, Swansea, um, in, those games <clears> were. Watford, they were games that we kind of wouldn't scrape by. We were far superior, but lacked any kind of ruthlessness. Um, I think this would have been a big lesson for Conte. And I think a good one as well, because I think he mm. would have been surprised. You know, Jurgen Klopp's had a year's head start on him yeah. in terms of that that whole thing. He probably doesn't get the kind of faux rivalry. I still think it is a faux rivalry between Liverpool and Chelsea, simply because it's not Liverpool, Man United, and it's not you know, Arsenal, Tottenham, it's something that the fans have kind of created. And I think he would have missed out on that. I don't think he would have understood the fact that I, I was a bit surprised by the late substitutions. Um, and mm. I was surprised he didn't drag Matic off after 20 minutes. We're going to kind no, of, I mean, you know, I just yeah. wanted to have but, a, a general ex- depressive ex- moan ex- about ex- it and then we'll do details yeah. in a minute. Yeah. It, it, the expectations from people have been too high, apart from everybody I know that I met in the cock beforehand, um, who have all had this kind of underlying healthy cynicism, if you like, about thinking that, you know, we we, we can challenge for some things this year. Um, but ultimately, when you've still got a, that single spine of uh, uh, all that, that, that uh, players there, you know, one of whom I've just mentioned, who were, you know, pretty much way off form last season, there are several others in there that have not shown anything and Cortez is one of them mm. okay well, look, we, we, we will pick a lot of the detail uh, the devil of course as we all know is in the detail we'll be picking uh, that up in part two I just want to have a kind of general you know state of the nation bit from these wonderful fellas because they hey. know their onions uh, very good yes thank you Dan uh, 
Uh, I hope that was crystal clear anyway. Um, okay, right. Now, before we go to the break, uh, I just want to depress you even further, uh, but possibly more the chaps that are on the show as opposed to the people who are listening, because it's uh, <laughs> it's time to uh, to talk about Fan Duel, which, of course, as everybody knows now, is a one-day one day fantasy football uh, thingy. And basically, um, what happens is you select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures, uh, so you're not locked in for the whole season, which I think is great. And you can you can play and you can watch and you can win money if you're good enough all in one day. And you can play for free or you can put your own money on the line for a bigger payout. Uh, and it was all designed by football fans like us. It's powered by Optostats. And, and it's it, the great thing about it because of that is it's not just about banging goals in. It's also about um, every pass, interception, tackle, assist, clean sheet, Everything that the footballer does that Optostats records has an implication and can win you points. And you get 100, 100 million quid to spend. Uh, and it's great fun, apart from if you are me, Tony Glover, and usually uh, Dan Levine <laughs> and Jonathan Kidd. Um, but I can reveal. I, I, okay, now these fixtures covered uh, the entire weekend's fixtures. So it started with a Chelsea-Liverpool game. And it went right through uh, to Spurs-Sunderland on Sunday. Um, and I hate to admit it, but I was kind of praying that, uh, as opposed to praying that he got seriously injured, I was praying that Deli Ali would score, uh, but sadly he did neither. Anyway, okay, in, in, shall I do this in reverse order? I think it would. Well, I mean, have actually, to. Well, I mean, to? I only have to cover the bottom four, and pretty much that's that's all of us here. No, anyway, in reverse order, this is this is utterly disgraceful, disgraceful, actually. <laughs> Uh, Tony Glover yet again comes in with the wooden spoon. Now there were one thousand four hundred nineteen entrants this week, and Tony came one thousand four hundred and sixth. So not quite that's a, bottom. That's a blue Monday for him, isn't it? Yeah, a know, very blue hey, Monday for Tony. Can I just say one thing? This yeah. time yesterday, I was convinced I'd just pipped Dan Levine, and I even said on our WhatsApp group, "I am Sunderland." To Dan Stoke, and well, now you're I not... myself. Now I look for myself looking for cheap houses in the potteries, Wait, don't I? <laughs> you're not far wrong, mate. And you got 141.25 points, and Dan beat you by 0. 0.25. That's so even Dan is, Dan is equally appalling. He he, he was 1,404th with 141.5 points, um, and there's not much of a leap to our fifth number five in the uh, Chelsea Fancast Tit Parade. Uh, Clayton Beerman, uh, he got 222 points and he was 1,142nd. Uh, it appears to me, you know, I'm, how much I deride myself every week as how rubbish I am. I have to say that I'm kind of becoming something like, who's a horrible mid-table team that we always hate because they annoy us? West Brom. Yeah, I'm becoming like the West Brom stroke Crystal Palace of the Chelsea Fancast fan duel league, really. Because I've come in at fourth this week, but not threatening anybody who's decent by any stretch. And this is what I mean. You know, I'm nearer to the relegation zone than I am to the top. And I got, uh, I was, uh, I was a mere four places above Clayton, one one three eight with two 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 point seven five points. So we're pretty much tied. And then we get into, well, I mean, I would normally say the the the, the main people, but Dan Dan Sills has been horribly disappointing this week. One oh seven five out of one four one nine with two hundred and thirty two point five points. So. That's pretty dismal for you, Dan. Still, yeah, sorry. bad, 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 bad week at the office. Yeah. A couple of days I thought would do well, shit the bed, so to speak. So. Who, who are you blaming? Oh, I'm blaming. Uh, Hazard for one. 
Really? Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. We sort of, you know, he didn't do enough dribbles. wasn't particularly offensive, so he's my main man. Um, and who else? Um, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember my team, but I got let down by my big boys, so mm. to speak. My spy, well, my spy, let yeah. me down. I'm I'm delighted to cast any sort of abuse and approbrium to Ben Teke, who, in a team that scored four goals, only and as, and as a striker, only managed to get four and a half points. I mean, if I had a gun, I'd shoot him. Unbelievable. And Giroud, I didn't have a chance to get him out of the side before I realised he was injured, so that kind of scuppered me. But, I mean, there were some other lowlifes in there as well. Morales and Mares, who I expected to get me a hoard of points, were rubbish. Uh, I did pick David Luiz, though, and he did all right for me. So, anyway, Dan was third this week, which means that uh, our two decent uh, efforts, who both won a tenner this week, are Mark Worrell, who came 311th with 309 points, and Ross Mooring, who got 319.25 points, and he was 202nd. So they both won money. But I have to say, you know, for uh, for us, that's still a poor performance because those boys have come in the top 100, haven't they, before? Top 50, even. You know, so uh, anyway, there we go. Um, what I'd love Cheers. to know, if you lot... Well, sorry, go on, Dan. I just I just want to chip in a bit on Fangio. Uh, mm. I know you lot are showing true faith in this, but this oh, is a source, very good. Of, source of some regret for me. Um, how can a team that includes Papi Gilabodji win the entire competition this week? I know. Because that's what happened. That's I know. What happened. It's, and this basically, is all it's, to do with... basically, it's not working for me. <laughs> it's not working for me. <laughs> it's not I don't working know, Dan. for me. I, I, think it, I, think it, I think it requires uh, a lot of true faith to, <laughs> uh, to be able to kind of work out the bizarre love triangle that is fans. That's all about it. Getting the world in motion to get the right team, isn't it? Oh, very good, oh, very good, very good. That's anyway. This, this show um, must I was be about... great for anyone who's nineteen years old and listening. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, just go and look, look. If you have no idea what we're talking about, well, let's, yeah. let's face it. That's pretty much situation as normal on the Chelsea fancast. But if you generally don't know what we're talking about, go and go and check out the back catalogue of New Order and uh, Joy Division. You'll you'll be a better human a... being as a result. Discover two of dreams and your dreams will never end. Whoa, 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 one at a time. Dan Levine first. You will discover two of the greatest bands of all time. Indeed, you will. Dan Silver next. I was going to say you won't have any regret, and your dreams will never end. Oh, very good. Okay, enough of that. Right, uh, as I was going to say, um, I, I'm always intrigued to know, uh, you know, any of our mates who listen on Mixler and listen to the podcast have uh, have uh, joined in and hopefully done better than us. And I'm delighted to see that Joe Peter was 163rd on Fan Duel this week, so he beat all of us. And I'm sure there are many others. So let us know. Just tweet me or email me at ChelseaFanCast at Gmail. That's probably much better, actually. Just email me, ChelseaFanCast at Gmail.com. And then, you know, I'll know how you've done and I can include you in this little bit of the show. Uh, now, this week's competition um, is going to be the £5,000 fan favourite, which is the uh, it's the headline contest in the main lobby there. Uh, there will be £6,000 of prizes uh, to be won. But only, oh my God, we're we're doomed, guys. We're doomed. It's only going out. They're only paying out to the top thirty-six managers this week. Oh dear. Oh, oh God. dear. Oh, oh dear is not God. the word. I mean, you know. I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to. Do you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm just going to. I'm going to do the 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 fancy football equivalent of uh, putting a tail on the donkey, which seems highly appropriate considering the number of donkeys I normally pick every week. I'm going to go into that thing, you know, you kind of scroll up and down to go and choose somebody, and I'm just going to scroll it and then just randomly press the button, my finger on the button, and that's how I'm going to pick my team this week because it can't do any bloody worse. 
but anyway, that's what enough. you're supposed to do, Chidge. That's, that's oh, how it, it works. Yeah, that's where that's probably what Mark and uh, Ross did actually text me. I'll try and find out later, people. But he did WhatsApp me and tell me that there's a technique, and I'll let you all know. Anyway, um, do join up, and uh, remember when you do, if you haven't signed up before, uh, what you need to do is you you use the promo code Chelsea Fan. Uh, and you can get special offers. Uh, usually what they do is they refund your entry fee if you don't win any cash on your first contest. But it is a lot of fun. And, I mean, I'll give you an example. We've all got a little WhatsApp group, and we were all WhatsApping each other like Billio, you know, during the games because uh, we were all scoring points or being shit or whatever. It kind of just adds a little bit to it. It's quite quite fun, really. So there you go. Uh, you must be 18 or over to enter, and you must be based in the UK, I'm afraid, uh, my American friends. But please play responsibly now after the break we'll be talking about chelsea's lack of pace their loss of control in the midfield and the isolation of diego costa and the vilification of david Luiz. we will see you in a sec the only place for chelsea fans footballfancast.com real fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast with the ever so rude Tony Glover. <laughs> That's me. Good evening. <laughs> the... Uh... The uh, the I think the, the 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 winner out of the losers of the FanDuel contest this week, Dan Silver. Evening. And the man who is uh, who is now the best friend of Peter Hook, Mr. Dan Levine. Dow, dow, dow. Fantastic hooky. I'm I mean, mate, I'm so so envious of that as quality that was. All right, now before we uh, get back into talking a little bit about the Liverpool Chelsea game, I need to remind you of something very very important. And I know you'll all be very annoyed at me waffling on about this, but uh, it's the last week this week, i.e., up until the 26th of September, to vote for us, Chelsea Fancast, as the best football podcast at the Football Blogging Awards. As you know, every year they do these awards. We have won it twice already, so. Or the Scousers might say, we've won it two times. That was more mank, wasn't it, really? That was a terrible Scouse accent. But anyway, we've won it twice in 2012, 2015. Uh, they have two rounds. The first round, which is the one that we're in at the moment, is to get us uh, enough votes to get us to the final, uh, at which point we then have to all vote again and hopefully win the actual final itself, which gets announced at a very posh do, or, well, about as posh as you can get at a do at Old Trafford, which I will hopefully be there for, providing we get, uh, you know, um, get past that first hurdle. But in order to do that, you need to vote for us. And you can do it in one of two ways. You can either go to their website, which is the Football Blogging Awards or footballbloggingawards.co.uk, and then you find the uh, the best football podcast category, and you vote Chelsea Fancast. That's simple. It's even easier to do it for Twitter, and you can do both. You can vote on the website and on Twitter, and you just tweet, "I'm voting in at the." FBAS for at Chelsea Fancast as the best football hashtag podcast. Uh, and if you go to the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed, you will see pinned to the profile a link. So you can just click on that link and it automatically will tweet it for you. All right. Uh, it'd be lovely if you could do it. It'd be nice to get nominated. I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world if we don't, but uh, I'm, you know, bud will be spilled if you don't vote for us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
So be very, very careful when you think about this. Um, now, uh, as I said, you've got until next Monday, so get voting like Billio this week, please. Uh, also, while you, you're at it, if you could vote for Chelsea HQ as the best f- uh, social football account and the Chelsea fan... Actually, I don't think Chelsea fans are bothering to enter it because basically Rory and the boys are just so big and massive, aren't they, Dan, that they, they don't need this adulation. They don't need the glory of a, of a, of a trophy won by Twitter votes. They're just huge, aren't they? I suppose they are. They're, they're a, a, a global uh, mega mega thing. They're so, a phenomenon, yeah. phenomenon, phenomenon, aren't they? I love them. I, I got I got a lot of time for Rory and the Chelsea fans channel. I got to be honest. I'm surprised they're not in it. I would have voted for them if they were as the best video blog, but they're not. So there we I was go. Actually, so, with, vote... with them this morning. So were you really? Be going oh, up on that. Yes, I was. Yeah. Were you Were you doing your um? Bum, 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 what was it you do with them? Do you do a bit of back page stuff with them? No, I was talking about um, both well, the coming week, Leicester away and, and Arsenal, yeah. and a little bit about uh, the shambles that was Liverpool. Okay, just a bit right. of a weekend review type thing. Okay, so you're doing like a like a, like a fan cast light, if you like. Yes, that's yes, what it is. And uh, yeah, doing quite a lot with him at the moment. It's all, all good fun. Oh well, that's good. Well, do do some of my best when you see them. I've got a lot of time for those boys, as you know. Um, right, enough of uh, us begging for votes on the football blogging awards. It's time to to do some shadow play, Dan. Uh, because the thing that I think really occurred to me in terms of the Chelsea-Liverpool game really was uh, how exposed we were in terms of a lack of pace, a lack of power, certainly in the midfield, and the lack of pressing. And, and, and you compared that to how Liverpool played. And I think actually you could widen this out uh, across the league. The successful, or not successful, but the, the teams that are doing well at the moment are all playing with a lot of pace, power, and they're pressing very high. And Chelsea and Man United aren't. Dan. Is that my cue? Um, yes. yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, um, uh, I um, spoke at uh, full time actually was with um, Liam Toomey, who people listening to this probably a lot of people follow him. If you're not, then you should be. Um, he's a journalist for ESPN and he covers Chelsea. Um, and he spoke in great tactical detail about precisely where it was going wrong for Chelsea. Um, but essentially, not fast enough, uh, not pressing enough not winning the ball enough and losing the ball when they got it, you know, and the second passes and things like that, just completely off the game. And for a, for a team that has been managed in the last um, couple of years by uh, tactical geniuses, genii, like Mourinho last year and Conte this year, I, it's just difficult to look at what's out there and imagine how they are playing like they are. I know they're going through a big culture change at the moment, and I know this is a one-off, and up till now... We've generally been fairly happy with the way things have been going. But it was just a shambles. Um, And it didn't look like a team. I think in the entire game, there was one moment when Chelsea looked like a team, and it was when Diego Costa scored his goal. Um, That was how Chelsea should play. Um, And to be frank, it happened because Liverpool allowed us to do it. Um, So there's an awful lot of work to be done there, an awful lot. And that is Mm. a little bit scary. Well, I've got to be honest, mate. The other thing that I I came, came away from the game... Uh, in terms of thoughts with were, you know, that, that I think we can say lack of pace, power and pressing as a, as a, as a general issue with the team at the moment. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the, you know, I've, I've called this just for your benefit, Dan, she's lost control. But that that's how one could sum up the midfield in a way. And I think we have a massive dilemma with the midfield. Uh, you know, Kante obviously is brilliant and, and again, was our best player, I think. And, I just absolutely love the little guy. And, uh, you know, the first time I've been there this season to actually see him live. And it's just uncanny how Makaleli esque he looks. Uh, he, he's a super player. But, I, I, you know, 
my, the, the way that I looked at it really was that I just don't think Oscar's a number 10 and I don't think Matic offers us anything going forward, really, Sills. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I see that. What do you do with Paul like Oscar? Where, where is his best role? I mean, he's, what, five is the club. Always been issues. Where do you play him? Is he consistent enough? What does he do? I know he, he's, he's a good tackler. I like, I like to play him more defensively next to uh, Kante. Matic, Matic, apart from his assist, was, was poor. He's lacking confidence. He hasn't really picked up, I know, He's had 18 months since the last Burnley game and he got attacked. He hasn't been the same player. His pedestrian, Hazard wasn't getting involved enough. He was double marks. He couldn't really you know, influence the game. Costa was isolated. And as you said, the one time we clicked into gear, we scored a goal. Mm. The whole, the whole, then, but then you go back to the, you know, the wing-backs. The wing-backs are getting forward. And Arthur Banovic had a poor game. Aspie's on the wrong side. We've got, we've got players who got, you know... We have to have a left back at left back. We have to have a right back at right back. Yeah, well, I, yeah. That I, that bit really grates me. We've got we bought a left back. If we spent twenty million on him, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, in, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to get. I want to get into that in a in a, yeah. in, a in a second. I want to nail this midfield issue first. But um, I mean, Tony, would you agree with that? I mean, you know, I think I think it really just it was really interesting actually because what I did notice in the second half was that Conte had clearly had a word or two, and. Uh, you know, Oscar suddenly was playing a lot further forward, so he had clearly pushed him forward. But you know, there was just—they just offer so so little creatively. The middle of our midfield offers so little creatively. I feel. Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, we were watching all through the game from sort of minute two onwards. Um, I don't need to say more about Matic. I think he should have been pulled earlier. I, I generally said to you in last week's podcast, I thought, look, um. Kante playing had, had relieved Matic of a lot of his duties and therefore freed him up to get back to where he was. And, and you know, sadly, I'm afraid that the, the patient has, has regressed um, mm. this week. Uh, on the point of the, the midfield, we lost every single battle there, as far as I can see, other than when Kante was involved. And it was embarrassing. We talked earlier about playing high, but Liverpool players were into us every time we got the ball. And we still have this thing where we sit back, we sit back, Mourinho-esque, like, you know, we sit back off the ball, we sit back and we don't get into them. And then when they, you know, how many times a loose ball goes into midfield? I don't recall us winning that loose ball once, not once. Uh, and I've said it, and I, I hate to keep harping back to the past, but there is a Balak-sized yeah. hole in midfield. You know what, Tony, yeah. I was just about to say, I was talking to some bloke on Twitter or something and and they were saying that what we really need miss is a ballot type player or or a, or, a, or a, an Essien. Type. Of course, it was you all along, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. And I think what we had with those players was somebody, you know, in Essien's case, who could power forward, run yeah. at people. In Ballet's case, you had somebody who could stop the game a little bit and take I mean, control know, of it. I, I think uh, I revealed. And, 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 and he had a vision, didn't he? Balak, we always, yeah. he got criticised, but he had a vision. He could pick a pass out, whatever. And Fabregas is a good player, but he's not got the physical presence that Balak had. Well, I, uh, I want to get, get on to Fabregas yeah. in a yeah. sec, because I, I, yeah. I, think... I, you know, I think that's what we're missing, and I think we, we, we missed the trick. I'm not sure who, who's out there who could do it, or whether one of our youngsters could come through and, and, and pick that role up, but it's a shame that we haven't well, got like that. Well, like a Ruben Loftus-Cheek, in a sense, because, um, I mean, you know... A, a, you know, a midfield... A midfield general, for want of, for want of a better phrase, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. But but I mean, you know, what we saw, it's in, I, I you know, I've not scripted that at all, and it's just occurred to me really. But I, I'll I'll bring Dan in, uh, Dan Levine in on this. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people have doubts about Loftus Cheek, and he has his detractors. Of course, he is very young, but 
you know, physically he he's quite a specimen. And 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 when he played in the in the youth teams, that's what that was his game. He would power from midfield in, into an attacking position and, and in, invariably unleash a great shot and score, didn't he, Dan? Yes, and and like um, so many um, Chelsea youngsters, that that was the kiss of death. Yeah. Um, it um, you know we, we have a club that doesn't really know where he wants him to play. Um, we have a, a, a series of managers who have different ideas about what he wants to do. Um, he clearly in the and I, I mean I know a lot of people feel an awful lot of love for him because he is a youth product, and they, everyone, uh, myself included, wants it to work for Ruben. We're desperate for it to work for him, but he hasn't delivered it when he's been given the opportunity at first team level. Um, and at the moment, he is out of the side on merit. Uh, and that's that's a difficult situation because he's not going to get any better while he's sat there not playing football. Um, it's, um, I mean, we maybe talk about this a little bit more in depth later. I went to um, midweek, um, Chelsea played uh, the uh, the youth team in the uh, what used to be known as the uh, the Freight Rover Trophy, the Johnson's Paint Trophy, now the, the check, check, check Trade Check a trade, trophy. isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, played... Oh, our kids uh, played against Swindon's first team down at the county ground. Um, and it's the sort of game you might have seen, you might have expected to see uh, Ruben get a little bit of football in, maybe Chalabar get a little bit of football, maybe Ola Aina get a little bit of football, but none of them were in there. Um, why not? It was, well, that's, that's an interesting question, and I'm not really seeing any answers to it. Um, it was a mixture of 16, 17, 18-year-olds. You know, we, we, we treated it as a proper youth development mm. side, and none of those, mm. all of those are first-team players, you know. Um, but um, you know um, the, the team got beaten. They only got slen- by slender margin. It was only two-one to be fair, and they, they weren't they weren't shamed at all. But there was a clear difference there. Um, but you know why why are we not? It's just another that that is a, a a tournament that's supposed to help those youth prospects come through to the first team, and it, it, it's just a, raises far far more question marks you know about people like. Loftus Cheek and about Chalabar and how they are going to go go and do that. Mm, it's a very worrying thing, isn't it? I mean, just getting back to to Friday and uh, you know, kind of. I mean, just a very quick point actually, because I thought William, you know, played like a man that needs a break, and I, and of course, a lot of people will know that I, I think it's current news, isn't it, Dan? But uh, his mum's terminally ill, is she not, Dan Levine? Um- I, I've got to say that's news to me, and it's very, very oh, sad well, news. That's well, I, I, I saw a picture on Twitter that was released uh, when it looked like he was, you know, with his. With his she, she looked in bed, so I, I only, you know, briefly scanned over it. But if it is true, and, I, and to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure of the veracity of it. But if it's true, it, it would explain why he's playing like he is, because his mind, quite understandably, doesn't look like it's on the game at the moment. Yes, yeah, you, you, can, you, can un- you can understand that, but uh, you yeah. know, obviously best wishes with, with the guy. Absolutely, because, I mean, William's a superb player and, and, I mean, God, he was about the only one he turned up last year. So is I it... think if anybody, if anybody deserves a bit of latitude, it's William. Tony? Well, is it me? I mean, I didn't know that he had, he, 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 there was obviously issues going on outside the game, but he's lost an, lost an awful lot of weight as well. He, he, he looks, he, yeah, William, to me, looks, he looks like he's, he's just gone too thin. No, I I, the, no my, first, my first comment was, who's that bloke? That, that isn't no, the William that I remember. Right, it, right. You know, it, maybe his kit's too big, but he just looks too thin. He looks there like he's go. lost too much, mate. Maybe overdoing it in the gym or something. I don't know. Possibly. Um, anyway, um, somebody who probably hasn't been overdoing it in the gym, uh, apart from me, obviously, excuse me, is uh, <laughs> is, is young Fabregas. And uh, 
it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, Gary Wilson, if he's listening tonight, will be chuckling his head off at this because I, I've been roundly rude and critical of Fabregas for a long time on the basis, which I think is fairly considered, that he can neither run, tackle nor defend. And, you know, in, certainly in Chelsea team of last season, that was uh, a luxury player too far. But the corollary, of course, is that if you leave him out and you play Kante, Matic and Oscar, you end up with absolutely bugger all creativity and nobody capable of feeding a ball through to Costa. And as a consequence, particularly if uh, Matic and Oscar played too deep, which I think that they did, you end up you end up with Costa being in isolation or isolated, if you prefer, without the uh, Joy Division reference. Um, and it's a problem. So, you know, what do we do? Do we do we do we bring Fabricus in as the number ten, recognizing that Oscar can't be the number, isn't good enough to be the number ten? But I, I mean, the way I see it is that to to kind of nail this number ten issue, the the main creative outlet for Chelsea, you you can't have. Uh, well, it's basically two from Oscar Matic and Fabregas, and pe- preferably not Oscar and Matic. If you see what I mean, Sylv. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see. Fabregas in the middle of a Oscar Kante three, and then have Hazard, William, and Costa in the three. So it's like a, almost like a four-three-three. Because I think if Fabregas has got protection of Oscar and Kante, then he can really be creative. Well, he has like like Hazard, he hasn't necessarily got as much defensive discipline, so he can really use his defensive skills and you know pick the balls out. Because I mean, talent and passing we know is is unbelievable. The pass for you know Costa at Watford, you know through the eye of a needle, and if he's got protection. For people like Oscar, people like Kante, who've got mobility, they can pass, they can tackle, then that gives us gives him the freedom to 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 play this player's game and give us some creativity in midfield. Mm. So Dan, um, you know, is the answer is the answer Fabregas at number ten, or perhaps even moving Hazard inside? Because quite often I thought in the game on Friday, you know, Hazard out on the wing becomes a peripheral figure. Um, I don't, the difficulty here is 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 what we might think the answer is, and what um, the manager might think the answer well, is. He, as, as as I said earlier, you know, he's got a very very crystallised idea of he, what he wants his team to do and how he wants to play, um, and and that will be. I, I'm feeling from from supporters at the moment a lot of frustration um, because obviously it's not entirely working at the moment. But you can see from his point of view that he just wants it. You know, the, 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 the more minutes he gives it together, you can see, in theory, the more likely it is to happen. Um, and so I don't think there will be an awful lot of changing around things. Um, it does seem that um, Fabregas is considered fairly peripheral to that mm. system. Uh, and Fabregas only really gets minutes when he completely gives up on the system for the last 10 minutes to try and chase a result. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, really, what happens at Arsenal, won't we? That's that's going to be the big, the big, uh, big question. Well. God, yeah. I mean, I'm now nervous about that in a way that I wouldn't have been hitherto. But I think actually what's interesting about what you just said there, Dan, is that, uh, you know, you don't see it changing, therefore. You think that basically Conte's made his mind up and he's going to stick with Matic and he's going to stick with Oscar and we're going to go backwards, frankly, because it ain't going to work. I'm bloody telling you now, it ain't going to work. What well, do you think? I mean, you can you can say that. Um, but, I just have. Um, well, <laughs> you have. Um, but we've we've had evidence before of managers walking into a team, trying a formation, sticking with it, and eventually coming good. You know, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, of course. Um, and and Conte's, you know, he's not an idiot. He's one of the greatest no. managers in the world. You know, he is one of the greatest tacticians in the world. He's proven that over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not one 
for flogging a dead horse. As we've seen in games, he's he has relinquished the system when it's been expedient to do so. But um, you know, it's just something that it seems he wants to get right at the moment. Um, and you know, it's in the lap of the gods, I suppose, and 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 his his uh, powers of persuasion, whether or not that happens. Mm. I just find it worrying that I mean, you know, look, I I, I freely admit that you know i am not i don't have my ua for badges amazingly enough and i've never managed a football team but i just think that you know we're not quite you know supporters you go to the game every other week are not quite as stupid as as people would have us believe and and we do know a fair amount about tactics and football and sometimes i, I just get a sense that what's blaringly obvious to us just gets missed in all the nuances that a manager has to deal with tony i mean do, do you think, do you think that's a fair i think point? yeah I, th- yeah I mean we always like to look back on the memories of, of of Mourinho substituting players after 30 minutes when it wasn't working and you know changing the the, the game and, and it's a bit more of an exception than the rule um i think there's a, 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 st- a degree of stubbornness you know there, there's there's possibly the mm. point that you know for 25 minutes in that second half we 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 were better than Liverpool. We were winning everything. We were really pressing hard, really going at them. You know, we didn't perhaps create that many direct chances, but you sensed a goal if it was going to come was going to come in that period, and sure enough, it did. And you know, you you, you kind of think um, you, you, if you're going to make a change you, at that point when you're losing two one with ten minutes ago, you, you're probably just as well to make an offensive change. And 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 you know, for me, bring on the second striker, get Batshuayi on. Um, give them something else to worry about. Um, but like you, I don't have badges. Um, and I think there's this kind of dogged thing. I've got thing lots of we're... Chelsea badges, though, Tony. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I've got lots um, of those. And I, I, yeah. I, I just think there's there's a kind of stubbornness about managers, which um, they, they, you know, in some cases, a lot of time, you know, they, it's right. They need that um, capability. They need to have that kind of dogged um, nature about them. But I think there are other times when you think, you know, there are 40-odd thousand people in the stadium. A good percentage of them are sitting there going, this is not working. We can yeah. see it's not working. We, we've got a view from above. We're not down at pitch side. Um, we can see huge holes in midfield. We can see which players are constantly failing to put a corner past the first man or constantly failing to put a cross in without putting it along the grass straight to the defender to kick out. Um, why not, you know, try something different? Uh, and mm. I think goes back to what you said earlier on about this this whole expectations thing he it's his first year in the premiership it's a massively different pace and style of football to what you'll see uh you know in spain italy uh, or france it really is it whichever way you think it, even if it's full of continental players it's really up and at them football uh, and that kind of time and space. And I think this is where like, Mourinho got found out about it a little bit last season, and he's found, getting found out about it now at Man United because it's this kind of insistence on playing this resting on resting off the ball kind of thing, sit back, contain the game. And nothing winds me up more than when somebody says you're controlling the game, but you're 2-0 down. Well, you're not yeah, fucking yeah. controlling well, it, are you? You're controlling <laughs> nothing. And actually, talking of which, actually, because I just want to move on just to wrap this part up with the... Uh, almost a case for the defence or not as it might be and actually I've, I've called this for Dan Levine's benefit the it seemed very appropriate a wonderful Joy Division song called The Atrocity Exhibition yeah indeed yeah. indeed very appropriate now I want to talk to Sylves about this because uh, Sylves touched upon this a few minutes ago uh, really about our defence and I think you know again this is this is a massive problem I think and uh, you know and I, I was on incidentally I was on the uh, on the, the the London is Blue uh 
you know show last night their podcast those lovely guys nick brandon and dan and uh, I had my sensible head on, actually. I wasn't, wasn't as rude and as naughty as I normally am, but it was lovely to talk to them. But we were talking about this, and I was mentioning Branner, and, and I love Branner. I love Branner like a brother. Uh, you know, the performances that, that he's given, the commitment that he's given uh, to the Blue cause for the last... God, it's, it's 10 years, isn't it, since he's been with us? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a man who would walk through a wall for Chelsea, and I think... A, a chap who has a lot of affection for the supporters as well, actually, which should not be underestimated. But, you know, it happens to every bloody footballer and all of us in whatever we do, you, you get on the other end, on the other side of that bell curve. And I'll be really honest, and it saddens me to say it, it saddens me to see it, uh, Sills, but for me, Branner is a player in decline. I think as a fullback, yeah, I think as a fullback, it definitely is because he's a target now. If you've got a you got a pacey winger, he's going to get absolutely torn a new one. But I think if you play him as a centre half, I think there's there's still maybe a year to two years. But as a fullback, no, I think he's he's, he's not going to be good enough. I mean, ph- phenomenal servant. I mean, Amsterdam, what, what a header! So many fantastic memories and the, the coating of his game from some of the fans. Well, the goal just... against Napoli as well, you know, yeah. in, the, in the Champions League running. Absolutely you ridiculous, know. ridiculous abuse he gets. But I think we got we got a left back who we spent twenty odd million quid on. Well, yeah. I believe is a step up on um, Abraman, stick him at left back, start him against Leicester tomorrow, yeah. bring in Asby, so Asby's at right, but you've got players who are on a stronger foot, so when they do bomb on past the wingers, they haven't got to cut back and then chuck the ball in. I've got to say, I've got to say, Sills, that was so, that was really annoying me all game. The fact that Aspie's having to play on the left, and every time he goes down the wing, he has to cut inside to the right. Their fullback or winger knows he's going to do it. It slows everything up, which means they have to play the ball across the park, which means they get mired into, by now, two banks of four. And you know, going back to what we were all saying, Dan and Tony, a minute ago about our manager stubborn, we can see things. Why can't they? It just makes me wonder, Sills. You know, what the hell is going on? It just makes no or, sense. Or something from above is picking the team. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe like you know, massive. Well, you I know, can't believe that that's true. Now, Cot is his own man, and maybe he said, right, seven or eight games. Let me see what what it's sort of made of. Make some changes. Mm. I mean, people blame the fact that he was at the Euros for you know till July. Well, he could have said, actually, you know, what? I fancy him. I fancy him. I fancy him. Go and get them because he would have he would have seen Chelsea play. He would have known deficiencies because he, he was a, you know a country manager not a club manager you could have seen games week in week out and said well I know these five players you go get them and that's not after I join I don't believe that whole kind of start 4th of July and there's a massive issue of signing players we left it too late again for the well since the Fabregas Costa window we've made absolute balls off of our transfers yet mm. again we've left ourselves woefully short in the areas we need players for it hasn't compete, helped no, it's not... to compete at the top level we have to you know be aggressive in the transfer market and not, not, you know, not buy. To make the best omelettes, you need the best eggs, Dan. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, we're getting eggs from Tesco's where we used to we get are. eggs at Harrods. I want my I want my eggs from the local farm shop. I, I'm I'm so posh. I don't go to supermarkets for my eggs, mate. That's a benefit living in the country, I suppose. Um. Anyway, talking of eggs, uh, you know, a, a, a very kind of exotic egg, uh, Dan is of course David Louise who. Uh, made his second debut for Chelsea. I had lumped on him scoring a goal, obviously, because I thought it was written in the stars. Of course, it wasn't. But what I'm amazed at, and it's why I really wanted to talk to you about this, Dan, because I was astonished by the the media reaction to, to Louise's performance. I mean, like Tony was saying on Twitter, I watched him like a hawk. 
I thought he I thought he had a very assured and quite a sensible game. I I think you know, there was only one kind of cavalier uh, burst upfield, and I actually enjoyed that and got on the edge of my seat for one of the few times in the game. So so what do you make of the criticism of Louise? Was it justified? I certainly don't think it was, to be honest. Well, well, on on Louise, sort of being objective about it, I don't think Louise had a particularly good game, um, and he he only made a couple of errors, but. Having said all that, I think he was one of Chelsea's strongest performers. Yeah. Um, you know, so in the context of the team, he was actually quite good. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people watch him and they expect to see something and then they see it because they are expecting to see it. Yeah, there were a couple of little errors there. Um, he seemed to um, sort of grow in confidence as the game went on a little bit. And, you know, he also provided something up front that, that Chelsea needed. And, and I do believe that, that he brings something Mm. to the squad that wasn't there before so therefore he's good the problem is and just going back to what uh, Dan Silver was saying before um, talking about the transfer window uh, you know the, the desire to see Chelsea go out there and to be aggressive and to get their targets Chelsea were aggressive they were out there the problem was they didn't get their targets um, and the problem is that people don't want to play for Chelsea you know at the moment there's difficulties the team is not in Europe the team is not spending as much money as people like, say, Man City or even, you know, Man United. Um, and you, you, you've got that difficulty there. And so the reason so much of the business was done very, very late in the day was because Chelsea ended up with their second, third, fourth, mm. who knows, maybe even fifth choice players. And that's how we end up with David Lewis coming back to Chelsea on the last day of the window, on the last hour of the window. Um, yes, he does bring something, but he's clearly not the man that Antonio Conte wanted to be in the heart of his defence. No, that 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 I think Dan is absolutely fair enough and true, and I and I think you know, given given the fact that Louise at the end of the day is kind of third fourth choice in terms of what they wanted, um, it speaks volumes for him and the relationship he has with us, the supporters that we seem to have skated over that a lot. Which I think, actually, speaking as a supporter, I think we we very easily did, but. Uh, one can understand that. Anyway, look, we, we're going to uh, go to a very quick break, uh, and then we're going to talk about. Ah, yes, I just want to. I, I do want to just jump in there, Chidge. But, but you're uh, not allowed uh, to because we're going to a break. This, what do you think this is? The podding shed. <laughs> I just go on. As it's you, as it's, it's you, and I love you. Two I'm things. Let you. On on the tactic side of things, I think we're still waiting for the three at the back to be sprung, and I think he'll be working on that in the background, Mr. Conti, um, mm. and he'll only unleash that one as it were when we're ready on the David Lewis thing I think I personally think Dan's been a bit unfair I watched him like a hawk um he 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 did actually coat off Courtois just after the second goal because Courtois did not give him the shout and therefore Louise was forced to put the ball out for a throw which then led to the second goal and it was mm. quite visible that he had a go at Courtois and that's what I want to see a defender mm. doing I want to see them having a go but in the stats, he he was first passes completed, touches, shots, clearances, gained possession. First, the only one he didn't finish first in was the number of tackles where he finished third. I'm not sure what else you could ask from a player. Uh, whether you think that the overall performance of the team wasn't up to scratch, he still came out on top of everybody else. And I think on top was... of Liverpool players as well. No, not on top of Liverpool. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, no, no. But I would say that you know it's a bit unfair to sort of coat him off like John Cross did. Um, uh, uh, you know, because it was just lazy journalism. It was just, and I know you're a journal, right. Dan, accusing you of that, but I'm saying it's, it's, it's uh, what can I do? Where's my, where's my box of headlines? Yeah, Louise, lazy. Louise did this. And Chidge, JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel 
if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think some of the fans are jumping on that without actually watching the game. Yeah, I agree. And that's Simply. what I'm saying, Tony. I mean, I, I like you watched it. Exactly. And I, 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 I thought, I thought. I mean, you know, I, I don't think any, any apart from Kante, any Chelsea players really had a had a decent no. game per se. But I, I thought out of our players, Louise was one of the, I think Louise and Kante were, the, were our best team performers. Anyway, I really am going to break now. So as, they, as I kept on saying on the London is Blue pod uh, yesterday, calm your tits, you know, because they... <laughs> What was it they were saying? Get a grip. They like the Yanks like to say, "Get a grip, get a grip." And I and, and they I used "get a grip," and they said, well, "You can't use that because that's an American." And I said, "Okay, well, I'll use an English one. Calm your tits." They loved that. They thought that was hilarious. Anyway, we should move on. Um, right after the break, yes, I know. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We got a fantastic chance for you lot out there. The tonight, no mucking around, no hanging around. Tonight, you can win uh, one of those fantastic prints from Arwen Thomas. This one is of the Champions League. Uh, I think I might have tweeted it out earlier on. If I didn't, I'll do so during the break. Uh, And we'll also have a look at the latest news, the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge and the implications of the Chelsea pitch owners. But more important of all of that, I have got a fantastic, fantastic announcement to make. Hmm... Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We are now into part three, and uh, an interesting part it is going to be. But before we kick off, I shall remind you as to who we have. Uh, the long-suffering guests of mine are on this show tonight, and they are the lovely Tony Glover. Bonsoir. Buonasera. We have the uh, we have the knowledgeable, erudite, and utterly decent 
bloke. It's about time, actually. I had a bloody beer with you this season, Mr. Levine. Yeah, we're overdue, aren't we? Yes. We, uh, we need to go for some, some of those unknown pleasures, really, don't we? Oh, we do. We do. Uh, somewhere where there's a nice atmosphere, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, talking of which, I shall be at the Arsenal game next uh, next Saturday. So maybe then. Hey, and failing that, I'm definitely... Yeah, I... Well, we'll try and try and meet up for a beer prior to that. But I'm also I'm also going to be going to Southampton away, so I'll have to make sure I'm on the same train as the. Yes, definitely. Yeah, see you there. Yeah, I join on at Winchester, and they'll come down from London. I I just I don't know why, but it just always tickles me pink that that's what happens. But anyway, now last but by no means least, we've got my uh, long-suffering, long-standing uh, mate and fancaster, Mister Dan Silver. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, you all right? Yeah, good. Yeah, I see you at Arsenal. I see you at Southampton all being well. So, yeah, good stuff. Oh. Good Might stuff. be You're going right? for a pint with Rick Glanville on um, Saturday, so I'll let you know where we go. Oh, you're going meeting Rick beforehand, are you? Well, we discussed it on um, Saturday. Yeah, possibly going to meet him for a drink in the in the, in the vicinity because it's, it's his manor. So well, I mean, I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I used to work there. I used to literally work around the corner from uh, the Emirates, so I, I know quite a lot of the pubs around there. In fact, yeah. you know that because after the uh, you know when we took nine thousand up there for the Capital One Cup, we all went back to yeah. a pub that I used to drink in on Liverpool Road. And it was full of moaning, miserable gooners. It was so funny. We snuck in, clearly with the biggest grins in Highbury. <laughs> they still didn't rustle the fact that we were Chelsea fans. It was really funny. Anyway, we should move on because we've got loads. I mean, there's loads and loads and loads on the show tonight. If I cram it all in, it'll be amazing. Uh, but I've got a couple of uh, interesting things coming up here. The first of all is uh, just to cheer you lot up, really. Um, that lovely chap, Arwen Thomas, has produced another superb Chelsea print, this time of the European Cup. And he has said to me that at 10.30 tonight, 10.30pm tonight, he will choose a winner. And all you have to do to win this is to get onto Twitter now, follow him and retweet. Uh, and he's at A... Well, so follow him and retweet. And he's at AGT79. And you need to include the hashtag Chelsea Fancast. So f- follow a- at AGT79 put hashtag Chelsea fancast and retweet it. He may have already got a tweet up there at the moment, which has the uh, picture of the print that he wants uh, one of you to win. So maybe you follow him, find that uh, tweet that he's done, retweet it with Chelsea fancast hashtag. And then at half past 10, he will choose uh, one of you who has done that. And a lucky listener will get the print. Go. Now, I have not let on to anybody the thing that I am about to say and announce. I didn't even include it in the script for these gents, because they all know, because I've emailed them the scripts, I always do. This was not included in it. But you think uh, winning a print from Arwen Thomas is going to cheer you up, then just get a load of this. Because I am announcing the Kerry and Chidge Chelsea Fancast preview show. And yes, I'm talking Kerry Dixon. Not any old random Kerry. I'm talking one Kerry Dixon. Now, as you lot know, uh, we've been doing the Chelsea Fancast now after after the games, which is why we do them on a Monday. We do it for nine years. We used to, in fact, do them right after the game until I decided we were so pissed we couldn't do it or it was ruining our, <laughs> our e- evenings drinking, more to the point. Um, and as a result of that, we could never really be asked to do a preview show like other people uh, are doing. Uh, but I kind of had to think about this and for various reasons, which I can't really go into. Um, but I've actually, I have signed up 
one of I I mean you know legend is a is a term used far too liberally in my my view but I I'm sorry Kerry Dixon uh, 193 girls in, I can't remember how many appearances most people will have it off pat but I mean Ch- Kerry Dixon is a bona fide Chelsea legend and there is no denying that so basically me and Kerry are going to get together once a week and we're going to pre-record a show uh, and we'll put it out on a Friday evening uh, and it will be there really just to preview the Chelsea game that weekend talk about anything else that takes our interest you know for example, um, we'll be doing the first one this Friday and it'll be out at 5pm. And I suspect that we might also be talking about a certain match at Highbury in 1984, it being that we're talking Arsenal this weekend. Uh, of course, then I'm buggering off on holiday for a couple of weeks, which is no use to man or beast. But when I get back, we will pick that up. And the idea is that Kerry and I do a kind of 20 minute, half an hour show, previewing the games every week for the rest of the season. What do you think of that, Mr. Silver? bloody jealous because i love kerry uh, amazing uh, it's fantastic i mean kerry's my Thank first you. ever hero so i'm i think it's gonna be absolutely fantastic i'm gonna be on the way to the game bit of kerry bit of chidge yeah perfect perfect way to start the weekend what isn't that a perfect way to start the weekend and a five o'clock kickoff too because i'll pre-record it probably on thursday friday morning something like that you know and then i can pump it out at five o'clock just in time for people to listen to go down the pub i mean i i, I am i mean you i've had to sit on this for two weeks knowing this and you know i finally confirmed it today and i am so 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 pumped and the funny thing is i i have met most of my football heroes or work with them i have met most of my music heroes or work with them i'm i'm nervous about doing this show dan can you believe it mr levine i'm nervous about doing this show that's how big kerry dixon is to me I can. I can believe that. I've met Kerry yeah. a few times and, and, and every time I meet him, I, I go a little bit girly as well, to be yeah. honest, because you know, like, like Dan, he was one of my first first ever heroes. And, and what a fantastic thing to have lined up. Well done, Chidge. Well, there we yeah. go. Thank you. Well, don't thank me. Thank Kerry for saying yes and, and being up for it. But I mean, I've got drunk with Kerry and I'm still nervous about doing this show with him. So, you know, he, he's so, I, I think I, I, I put this out there. I think that Kerry Dixon is arguably at the moment the most loved former Chelsea player, Tony. Um, yes, and he was. And my, my, I know. I go back to the the Osgood days as my first hero, and Kerry Dixon was the one that for me was the replacement for Peter Osgood. Yeah. We'd, we'd gone all them years without anybody that kind of iconic striker who, you know, you just you, and, and another one that's similar to Osgood who never yeah. got the England recognition that he should have got. Absolutely, when Very he was similar. the top scorer. Yeah, yeah, he was the top scorer and everything, and yet. Various England managers put you know, uh, Ramsey for Osgood, and I can't remember it would have been for Kerry now. I just didn't fancy him, and it's such a shame, really, such a shame. Yeah. Well, the other thing, without harping on and gloating about this any more than I need to or have to, I think the other thing is it's really nice to to, to be able to, you know, in in a sense, I mean, clearly Kerry's helping us out. I mean, wow, I mean, you know, to get Kerry and, and me to do a show together is ridiculous, but in a sense, we're helping him out because he's had a tough time uh, recently, as we all know, and he's just released his biography. Uh, so I'll be telling you how to go and get that later. But uh, hopefully it will get him a bit of exposure, even if it's in the small media sense of the fan cast, because it'd be nice to get Kerry or at least ho- help to get him an opportunity to get back into some more media work. Because, you know, as I said, he's well loved. And if anybody deserves it, Kerry Dixon does. Anyway, I shall shut up gloating, but I shall be reminding you all over Twitter this week uh, to uh, look out for the downloadable version of that on a Friday. I won't be doing it live on Mixler. Uh, because it's too complicated for me to organise exactly the same time every week. So it'll be a pre-record, and then I'll get it out as a podcast at about 5 o'clock on a Friday. So there we go. Are you pleased with that, boys? 
Very right. excellent, very excellent, happy. excellent, excellent, excellent. Good. I thought you might be. Now, um, enough of all of that. As I said, uh, now we've got to talk about some serious business because uh, you know, whenever we've got Dan Levine on a show with us, uh, Dan, uh, I think, does a, a very unheralded, uh, a much required job of keeping very, very much abreast with the fine detail of what goes on at Chelsea Football Club and certainly in terms of uh, the Stamford Bridge redevelopment and also uh, the Chelsea pitch owners, which, of course, Dan is, 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 a, is a Chelsea uh, pitch owner shareholder. Um, oh, sorry, before I get into this, Dan, Ch- John Chips Chiverton has asked me a very salient question about uh, the Chidge and Kerry show or the Kerry and Chidge show. Same pro, uh, same platform as the as the fancast, John. It'll it'll go out under the fancast banner, so it'll be on Acast, SoundCloud, and iTunes. All right, mate. And what other Android ones feed into that? Anyway, sorry, Dan. Back to to what we were saying. I mean, you 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 have covered uh, the goings on with the Chelsea pitch owners, and you've kept up your very fine detailed work on the Stamford Bridge development way before any of the uh, big broadsheet uh, football media has done. And, and and I think you should be roundly applaud roundly applauded by Chelsea supporters for the excellent work that you do therein. Um, that having been said. Where on earth are we at, uh, with it at the moment? For, to my knowledge, they've just submitted another plan. Am I right? Uh, sort of. And thanks very much for your kind words. Um, no, it's all true, mate. Don't 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 be humble. It's absolutely true. You do a superb job with that. Uh, where we are at the moment is that um, the the Fulham Council, Hamilton Fulham Council, have got a great big planning application on their doorstep. They've had it there for now uh, ten months. Um, and you know that sounds like a long time, but it is one of the biggest planning applications they've ever had to look at. I think possibly only the Earl's Court development would be bigger. Um, and where we uh, we've got to this specific thing, a few people would have seen a statement go out from the club last week, the week before, I think, um, where they were saying we're going to a second consultation. Now planning is very complicated and very dull, but when it's about something that's important to you, it's actually it can be very interesting. Uh, and the way that um, that the stadium plan goes and planning goes these days on big developments. 20 years ago, when I first started reporting, if somebody wanted to build a skyscraper in your backyard, back, backyard they'd, they'd go to council and say, here are our plans, and the council would just say yes or no. The way it happens now is that council sits down and it gets all the people around the table who might have an objection, an interest, a support, and it tries to get something that will work for everyone. Um, it's a very, very sort of open and uh, um, sort of... A, discursive um process um and so having gone through 10 months of that we're now in a position where we've got a revised version of the plans and that's going back out to consultation so everybody now will say well we're fed into these plans who maybe didn't like this part let's have a look what you've got again um and we'll, we'll, we'll give our judgment on that um the the most interesting news i suppose the most concrete news that people will have got uh, their heads around is that this is not the last season at Stamford Bridge. A lot of people initially, when they saw the plans, this was listed as being Chelsea's last season at Stamford Bridge before moving to an interim venue. Things have slipped a bit. Plans take a while. That's, that, that in itself is, is, is almost not news, really. If you look at how long it took to get something like um, White Hart Lane through planning, that was, I think, two or three years. So we're ahead of that curve. Um, but um, there's a good possibility that next season maybe the season after will be the last season at Stamford Bridge uh, but we should be hearing from the council sometime in the new year about whether or not these plans are going to sail. Mm. 
So basically, this is kind of the second, because I mean, you know, they've resubmitted the plan after the first tranche of uh, feedback and comments from all of the stakeholders, haven't they, Dan? So you, what you're saying is that this is the final planning application, and the local council will then say yay or nay, or the local planning department will then say yay or nay. Yeah. Well, well, ish, yes, to a certain extent. At, at some stage, um, all of the people involved. This is uh, the people who've put together the uh, the planning application, who's you know, on a technicality here, it's actually not Chelsea Football Club. It's actually Ford Stam Limited, who are the company right. that own Chelsea. Um, the, the, if for people finding that complicated, the easiest way to think about it is is that this is Roman's project. It's not Chelsea Football Club's project. Yeah, that's right. It's Roman's project, and that's quite important. Um, but um, at some stage, both he and the council are going to have to say, "Well, we've got something here." There will never, ever be a complete absence of objections on any planning application at all of this sort of size. There will always be people who have a problem with one, one aspect of it or another. The, the job these days of the people involved is to minimise those problems. And so when they get there, and, and it should, in theory, be at the end of this consultation, then they'll tie all the ends together and they'll take it to the council and a few councillors will have to sit there in committee and decide whether or not they're going to say, yes, go forward, or no, it's not going to work. Mm. And of course, you know, we're we're nowhere near uh, in any position to know whether they will or not. And I'm, I would imagine that consultation process will take, what, six months or so? Um, I'm not sure it's going to take quite that long, no. Um, I think there's a good chance we're going to see fairly early in the new year um, some sort of committee action on this. Um, a lot of it depends what comes back from the consultation. And, mm. you know, there can, be, there can be valid responses and there can be invalid responses. I mean, if somebody wants to build something over the road from me and I say that it's no good because there's going to be a thousand people living in it and there's no parking spaces, that might be a valid response. If I say, well, actually, I don't like the colour of green it's going to be, that's probably not a valid response. And yeah. there'll be both, you know. Um, yeah. the, other, the other thing people are going through at the moment is that, that there's... Um, uh, something and we're into real sort of technicalities here something called section 106 on any planning application of this size and that is the stuff in there that's for public good um the original plans include no extra links to tube stations no increasing capacity now those are things that maybe we might see come out of that those are the, the sort of the benefits for the local area the benefits for people who live in the local area so those are things that will be very interesting to find out once this consultation is finished. Mm, okay. Um, Tony, Dan, do you, uh, or Tony and Silves, should I say, do you have anything to ask uh, ask of Dan on this matter? No, I think he just he's covered it very well from my point of view. We pretty appreciate the feedback. Yeah, Tony? I think my, yeah, my, my only thing is always, as usual, is, is that, um, you know, where you've got NIMBYs, you've got, you know, potential problems who are just going to sit there you know, we've 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 drunk in the Fimber before, where people complained about the fact that there were football supporters in there on a Saturday, and you're like, well, they've probably been drinking in there since about 1905 mm -hmm. on Saturdays, and um, you know, I, I guess my and I'm not expecting that answer is, you know, if if for whatever reason they say no, we're not going to allow this, then 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 we we really do seem to be up shit creek without a paddle. Well, um, I mean, I get what you're saying, Tony, and I, I know sometimes you, you see stuff. I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff going through at the moment about, um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the example. Oh, yeah, there's, 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 um, 
with the Curzon Cinema in uh, just off Oxford Street. You may have seen there's a story going through in the moment. They've turned the upstairs into into flats, luxury flats. And now the people who've moved in are complaining about the noise from the cinema that's been there for 40 <laughs> years before they moved in. And they may have to close it down. Yeah. Now, now those, those are the bad things. Realistically, on a big new development like this, when it's a big new development, which this, of course, is, most of the power is with the applicant. That is Mr. Abramovich. Um, right. Because there is an expectation to a certain extent in planning law now that you do stuff that is for commercial and sort of uh, for, for the benefit of the economy. Um, so so he, he does hold the cards, to be honest. And of course, you've got to remember from the borough's point of view, this is something that drives an awful lot of footfall, an awful lot of people into a part of the borough. It, it delivers a lot of jobs. It delivers a lot of money for an otherwise not massively economic active part of Hammersmith and Fulham. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's a massive tourist attraction. You know, um, people over the world talk about Chelsea Football Club and it is in the borough of Hammersmith and Fulham. Um, and so, you know, one of one of London's biggest tourist attractions is in the bank, you know, in, 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 in that borough. And it's in the borough's interest to ma- make sure that that remains the case. So mm. I think, you know, the, 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 the omens should be good, to be honest. I'm overly pessimistic about most things, Dan. And I just think <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that's just a... a <clears throat> You know, I, I actually blame being a Chelsea fan for that because I've always looked on the, you know, as long as we don't lose, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I guess it's a, a sort of natural position for me. And actually, your words there have actually, um, they make perfect sense. You know, and I, I work for a large company and I know that actually they're very good at going in and, and selling the benefits, etc. And, and let's be fair, you know, we all wanted it to stay there. Uh, you know, it's it's our spiritual home and. Um, so that's good news, I think, and and that whole um, perspective you've put on it has set my mind at ease. Thank you. I, I mean, one one of the things, chaps, that I I would say is that uh, you know they've spent an awful lot of money, and actually, I think I, and I th- I'm sure Dan would back this up. I think one of the interesting things about the way that they've approached this planning uh, process is to garner as much uh, feedback and consultation with the local community and the local stakeholders as possible, as possible, far more than, uh, most projects would have deemed necessary. Wouldn't it, wouldn't you say that was true, Dan? Yeah. I've been covering planning matters in local government for over 20 years now. I've got what an interesting life I've had. Eh? Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot, mate. Explains a lot. I've, I've sat in a lot of planning committee meetings and I've, and I've seen a lot of planning applications and I can honestly say I've never, ever seen a planning application that has reached out and spoken to as many interested local people as this one. Um, the people in charge of the stakeholder management and, and, and involving all those people have done a fine, fine job. Um, and they've done it for a reason, because they want to know what people want out of this development and what will make it work. And at the, at the end of the day, that level of detail is what will make it work. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think on on, on, on a kind of a related matter, actually, because, I mean, this is kind of quite current uh uh, in in terms of you know what will well what will ultimately happen with us in terms of you know moving into uh, a new a new or rebuilt Stamford Bridge, obviously we have a temporary one to go to first, and I think that there will be issues associated with that that need to be addressed. But I think it's been incredibly timely uh, with what's happened at West Ham and their move to uh, you know the Olympic Stadium. And I thought, actually, if anybody's uh, read the current issue of CFC UK this month, Tim Rolls, the uh, former uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust chairman, of course, has written an absolutely stonking article in there about the 
the you know the potential pitfalls and parallels of West Ham's move in terms of the fact that they didn't listen to their supporters, and hence they're getting an awful lot of problems in there. Um, I mean, I'd be quite interested again, uh, Dan, to hear what your views are on that. On on, on which aspect, sorry. Well, I mean, the fact that we are going to be moving into a temporary stadium and obviously eventually a new stadium. And I think what's happened at West Ham um, is almost a blueprint in how not to do it. Yes, and exactly. In, it's, been, a... It's, been a, it's been a dog's breakfast, hasn't it? Um, the, uh, yeah. the Olympic Stadium or Stadium London, as they like to call it. And and it's a, a good example of, of how not to do things. Um, certainly the, the stuff I've seen, the, the level of detail that's in the planning application, which is sort of, thousand pages or more you know it's it's enormous and and the diagrams and the level of stuff you know there's 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 stuff that's currently being talked about i know that's about the proximity of the stands to the pitch there's stuff about the rake of the stands you know people will also have heard stuff about the naming rights of the stadium that's something we're going to learn about in the near future i think you know but i think that there's a, a very very strong belief that this isn't going to become for example, the Carabao Stadium or whatever, is going to become Stamford Bridge sponsored by Carabao or something like that. Um, so I think there's been a lot, an awful lot of um, attention to detail. And one of the reasons why I think it's been so strong is because the people who are dealing with this, the people handpicked by Roman, are all Chelsea fans. They're all people who've got a vested interest in this being right for them, for their families, for their kids, for their grandkids. You know, they're people... They're, they're not some sort of faceless firm somewhere. They are actually people who, who have a real heart and soul in this yeah. project. And it's yeah. not my job to speak for the project. I'm, I'm, I'm here to sort of keep an no, eye Dan, on it and see Dan, what's that's, going on. That's, that's, I mean, obviously with my Chelsea supporters trust hat on, I know that as well. And that's absolutely true. Although having said that, I mean, with my Chelsea supporters trust hat on, I, I, I will battle fiercely for um, our voices as supporters to be heard at that table. I mean, I know that the people involved are, are Chelsea supporters who have been going for a long, 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 long time and their credentials are unimpeachable. But nevertheless, you know, as a, the, the voice of the supporters needs to be heard, I think, in that project in terms of Absolutely. things like ticket pricing, facilities, safe standing, atmosphere, you name it. We need to get that voice heard. And, of course, that's very much what the Trust is about. Just to put a line under the, the, the development thing, I, I know, for example... Um, Chelsea Fancast is an affiliate or a, or a member of uh, the Fans Forum. Dan has, in fact, served as the the rep on that uh, in the last year. And they had a Fans Forum meeting last Monday. This time, in fact, last Monday, or a bit earlier, actually. Uh, but anyway, last Monday. And they had a presentation from the development team. And uh, obviously, in due course, I would imagine about a week or so, they will be releasing the minutes of that. So keep your eyes skinned for that. Um, and we can uh, have a look to see what they have to say. Uh, and I would also, uh, kind of switching between hats here, uh, the minute that they, they do, I suspect that the, the Trust will be putting out a statement in response to that as well. Uh, very quickly, Dan, um, if, is there anything we should really bring up in that kind of context in terms of the CPO? Um, yeah, I think it's just one to watch, isn't it? Because mm. um, I've spoken about this before. Um the big question, there are two big questions that aren't answered anywhere in the planning application. You wouldn't expect them to be. Uh, one of them is how all of this is going to be funded. And the other one is who's going to own it. Um, now, at the moment, the freehold of, of Stamford Bridge, as m many people will know, is, is owned to a large extent by Chelsea pitch owners. And if I declare an interest here, I, I'm a Chelsea pitch owner. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, are, are you all? I think you, you probably are, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yep. Indeed. 
fucking tees. So there you go. And, and an awful lot of fans are. Um, but there is, you know, a suspicion, uh, maybe a little bit more than a suspicion, that if um, Roman wants to fund this development, he may need outside funds to do that. And in order to do that, he may improve his case for, for those funds if he actually owns the freehold. So at some stage, there is a belief that Roman will ask CPO for that freehold. Now, who knows when that's going to happen? Uh, the club seem to be, at the moment, kicking it into the long grass. Um, nobody really wants to talk about it much. Um, but it's just one, I think, at some stage to be braced for. Mm. And I mean, it's going to be very interesting because I think... Um... I'll be honest, you know, most people that I know, and again, there was a fantastic article in this month's CFC UK uh, explaining why, you know, Chelsea supporters and particularly Chelsea pitch owners need to think very, very carefully uh, before relinquishing what is unique uh, for football supporters in this country, certainly this country, possibly further afield, in that we have some sort of control and ownership over our own pitch and certainly the name. And I think the argument that they made so eloquently is that um, it's nothing to do with Roman per se. You know, it's about what happens after Roman. Nobody uh, that I know doesn't trust uh, Roman's motives. Most people think he generally does love and support the club and wants to do the best by the club. But, you know, Chelsea's been going for 111 years and in another 111 years' time, Roman Abramovich will not be around and it's what the next person who owns it might do. And if we don't have the protection of owning the pitch and the name... Uh, and in that kind of, I mean, if you if you can see what's happening already in terms of the finance and the business and the commercialization of football, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we might have Los Angeles Chelsea if we're not careful. I think that's kind of a really brief way of summarizing the argument, Dan. I think so. Yeah, and I think yeah. they're, they're very very wise and important words you just said there. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I have this newfound responsibility, Dan. I can't think why. Oh, I know why. <laughs> Here we go. Beautiful bit of segueism there. Um, I think really what we're really saying is that to, to keep abreast of this and, and, and to have as much of a say and as much interest in it as you possibly can, you really need to do two things. The first thing is is to join the Supporters Trust, Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, get your voice heard by the club. It's £5 to become a voting member it's free, uh, or or it's or you can join for free, but you don't get to vote. So clearly, it's much more sensible to become a voting member, isn't it? There we go. Now you sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, so you can attend the meetings, come to the events, vote on the issues that directly affect you, and make sure you get that voice heard. And you can follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. And uh, we should declare an interest because Dan Silver is is a newly elected board member, aren't you, Dan? I'm indeed. I'm very much looking forward to it. You are indeed. So that means you get to call me gaffer twice in a week this week, don't you? Oh, I do gaffer, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> there we go. You lucky man, you. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, of course, equally important um, is, of course, to buy a share uh, of the Chelsea pitch owners. And if you want to do that, um, what you need to do is to uh, pay about 100 quid. It's just over 100 quid, I think, for one share. And uh, that means that you will own a bit of the freehold of Stamford Bridge and hopefully ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing uh, football at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, and anyway, you need to go to info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. And sometime in the future, hopefully sooner or later, I fully intend to get the very lovely... Uh, Charles Rose uh, on the podcast as a guest and Charles is the chairman of the Chelsea Pitch Owners isn't he Dan? He is. 
and a fine man he is too. Now, uh, after the break, uh, it's 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 all downhill, really. I mean, it would be after the wonderful part we've just had, but it's a bit of a bit of a roundup, few emails, that kind of malarkey. Uh, we'll see you in a sec. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and I'm delighted that I've got... I've had some great fun tonight, actually. It's, it's amazing. You know, even though we've had two days since we lost to Liverpool... I still haven't completely gotten over it and any residual sulking and miserableness has been completely assuaged by the fine company of these fantastic gentlemen and they are Dan Levine. Good evening. They are Dan Silver. Evening. And they are Tony Glover. Hello. Now, Tony, um, before I forget, because I have a memory like a sieve, um, the, the the breaking news is is that the podding shed is returning. Uh, yes, it is, uh, and it will be a couple of weeks away. I think we've, um, I, I, I sort of put out a few feelers, and I've got uh, two people interested, two very in, uh, interesting people, I think, as well. Because um, really, I think it, like this one works better as a foursome than a threesome. Um, you don't want to listen to everything where everybody's got the same views, and it's all a bit of a backslapping thing. Um, but we want to make like sure the, that like, we... like the fan cast is, you mean? No, the fan cast isn't. though, is it? Let's face it. Um, <laughs> no, you know, we all hate each know. other. <laughs> no, um, what do you want from me? You've missed well, that one, haven't you, you? Both of you. Do you know when oh, it's coming? You, you've missed the Peter Hook reference there. What, yeah. what Peter Hook? I, what, what did you say? Uh, I said, what do you want from me? Oh, very was that, good. Was that, very was that Monaco? Or was it that was Peter Monaco. Hook? Oh, it no, was, I don't believe I got that. Oh, I think I've done you both there. Then good. You That's made my not that. Yeah, just I was just keeping my powder dry on that one, just to see if anybody would know that one. Um, listen, the potty shed. We want to bring it back. We want it to be as it was before. We want it to be that kind of um, slightly offbeat, um, left field view of things from time to time, with lots of irrelevancies around, you know, um, what to eat and where to go and what sort of travel to do and that sort of stuff. So, um, a couple of interest guests just need to tie up with them. And I think in a couple of weeks' time, possibly, we'll just jump in and have an opportunity when you're away, Chidge, just to um, just to uh, a little relaunch. We don't oh, want yeah. it to be the new Top Gear. We want it to be pretty much like it, it used to be. Yeah, but I think I think I think. Uh, well, I mean, if you're presenting it, mate, it, it won't be like the new Top Gear because it'll it'll still have Jeremy Clarkson in control, won't it? Effectively. Ah, excellent. Yes, I'd be I'd be happy with that. <laughs> Uh, and uh, John Chips Chiverton has, has chipped in, no pun intended, John, says, got true faith in you, Tony. So there you go. Oh, you see, this is excellent. This, yeah. Maybe yeah, you're the Tony you. Wilson. You're the Tony Wilson of the Chelsea oh, fancast, mate. A hero, mate. A hero, mate. Absolutely. So I, inter- I interviewed him once. He was a wonderful bloke shortly before he died. Not that the two things were everybody, related. Everybody says that. You watch any yeah. documentary and they'll say that he was just, you know, just smiled and, and just always had that kind of attitude about him. It was like, you know, yeah, we'll find a way around this. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, so when, look, you, long... when, are you expecting, when are you expecting your first transmission? Uh, probably uh, it'll be two or three weeks. I just need to tie up with um, both these people. I think we're not going to get both of them. I think we're going to alternate between um, these new these new guests and Clayton yeah. and Donald are ready to come in. And I shall be I shall be um, I shall be trawling around Dan Chidge and Mr. Silver and a few others for appearances as well. 
And I have to say, Tony, um, well, number one, the first thing I've got to say is I'm glad it won't be decades until you do it again. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but the other thing I would say is I have to say I, I really enjoyed doing the London is Blue pod last night because, you know, I didn't have to do what I do on this. Which is to like yeah. have a yeah you know work hard basically and keep it all together, you know, all that malarkey. I could just sit there and be on Twitter fanning around and until somebody asked me a question. It was just it was the the, the difference was lovely. It was really quite therapeutic in a way. So I, I I'll, I'm happy to come on anytime you like. Anyway, we should move on because we're uh, waffling on as always. But I'm delighted that the podding shed's coming back as are everybody on here by the sounds of it, which is great. Now um, those of who those those of whom was sharing the cock with me on Friday night. Uh, no, no. There's just no, there's no way you're never going to make me laugh with that comment. I know, but we just, we spent all of pre-game a couple few days on Twitter just having endless cock gags. It's just, it's like, like schoolboy heaven. Anyway, um, those of you who were sharing the cock with me on Friday, which would be Tony and Dan Silver, will know that I was, well, I was actually quite pissed because I'd been out to lunch with Rob Shepard, which is dangerous, as we all know. Uh, and uh, Rob was on fine fettle. He's doing me a huge favour. I can't reveal to you what it is at all, but uh, it will come apparent in the fullness of time. He also brought along my signed copy of the Kerry Dixon book, which he very uh, kindly got for me the other week. But, um, yeah, I was a bit worse for wear, to be honest, and was now beginning to get hung over already. And then I had to do an interview of Five Live, and then I had to go and do this new thing, uh, which is uh, come out of the lovely people at Project Football called FUTSA, or at FUTSA, or at F-O-O-T-S-R. And this is the new app that I was telling you about last week, which they're kind of testing out at the moment. It's kind of in its pre-launch phase and uh, really, um, I'm very keen to get involved because I'm going to be like, you know, in charge of the Chelsea squad. Sounds very American. It isn't. Uh, but that's kind of what they want to do. And it basically means that um, we can kind of chat live. It's like a mix between Periscope and Twitter. So if I'm hosting it live, you'll see my ugly mug broadcasting to you. Broad- so, Dan, did you fart or sneeze? What, what happened there? That wasn't me. No, no, Sills. Sills made a very odd noise. No, I just I just moved my position. You moved your position, either. did you? Yeah. Was talking about cock, I think. Anyway. <laughs> Are you um... Prince? <laughs> do, you get, do you get 23 in a one-night stand? <laughs> oh, seven, you watching for? Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, anyway. Uh, where were we? Uh, okay, <laughs> I know, yeah. So you know, it's a bit like Periscope meets Twitter in a way. But, I mean, you, you, you know, if I'm broadcasting it live, then you see my ugly mug talking to you lot. And then everybody text. It's like you text, comment in. So kind of a bit like Mixler. It's, it's it's just a kind of a mix of all these things. It's and it's a great a great idea. Um, the so what you need to do is you need to follow at Project FTBL, and you also have to follow at F O O T S R on Twitter. Uh, but also there was they they told me today they sent me a, a message saying that they're going to create a WhatsApp group for uh, people like you. Really, I mean, I I would call you lot people that I do the podcast with and the people who listen live on Mixler, I would call you the hardcore of what we all do. So if you're interested in getting involved and having a bit of a giggle with this, I think that they've set up or they're setting up a WhatsApp group, um, which will be called, I'm not entirely sure yet, actually, possibly Project Football, FTBL. Um, and anyway, if you kind of join that, I will find this out and I will I will somehow let you know. Um, and then what they said that they would do via that group, they could just kind of 
you know, WhatsApp you when we're going to go live with things, which means you, you know, if you're on Twitter, you quite often miss it. You know, you know what I mean. So it's all quite exciting. I'm, I might well be doing one tomorrow night uh, before the Leicester game because I'm not lucky enough to have a ticket. So I shall be in the comfort of my armchair, uh, armchair in uh, Chidge Towers in Hampshire. And uh, I might well do one then, but I'll try. The only way I can let you know is on Twitter. So keep an eye out and hopefully we can get that going. And then the idea, I think, longer term is that uh, those of us who are sharing the cock on a, on a pre-match can all join in together and have a bit of a giggle. <laughs> that, that's the idea, isn't it, chaps? It is indeed. It sounds great, you know. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I'm... I, I've, I've, I've got. A, I might as well have a pair of short trousers and a schoolboy outfit because I I'm constantly laughing I at this. Well, I, that's what I'd like to do. You know, I'm not. I'm not so much fun of the kind of what they tried to do on Friday night in the pub, which is to get me arguing with a load of Liverpool groups like the Anfield Rap and uh, and the Red Men TV. It was too. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. But what would work for me is just giving the people who love this show a bit of an insight of what we we get up to in the pub before and afterwards and have a bit of a laugh therein. I mean, because quite often we do turn up in the Tommy T- the Tommy Tucker, and as people have always said, it's uh, you know, it's 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 very much like like the podcast, but but better in a way. And and it's a, it's a shame that nobody ever gets uh you know, gets a chance to see that. So that's what my hope is. Ed Ross has very, very kindly said, do you want a ticket, a ticket, a ticket, a ticket, Chidge, and for tomorrow. Ed, I, I would cut my right arm off for that, but sadly, I, I work in Winchester on a Tuesday afternoon and a Wednesday morning, and I cannot get out of it. So I'm stuck. I mean, I, I would be stuffed even if it was at home, mate, to be honest, and that's the sad indictment of where my life's gone in the last year. But thank you very much. That's very kind of you, and I, I truly appreciate that. Right, enough of Futsal, but do keep an eye out for that, particularly on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed, and I'll try and keep you abreast of it. Uh, we talked about Kerry Dixon, uh, not least, because uh, me and Kerry are going to be doing a preview show together, uh, which will come out on Friday. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Uh, but as you also know, uh, his latest biography, Upfront with Kerry Dixon, is out. It's on Amazon. It's about 15 quid. Uh, go to Amazon and buy it. Uh, it's superb. I'm, I'm already halfway through my copy, and it's a good old read. So do go get that. And while you're at it, uh, treat yourself to the wonderful Clayton Beerman's first effort in a book, which is called Palpable Discord, A Year of Drama and Descent at Chelsea. Um, there we go. I mean, he was on the other week and we were talking all about that. That, that. You can get that at Amazon for about six ninety five, and also from Gate 17. And whilst we're talking about great tombs of literature, uh, we cannot go on without mentioning CFC UK, uh, whose current issue is out and about as we speak. If you're going to the Leicester game tomorrow, you'll be able to get it there. Uh, and you'll be able to get it somewhere around Arsenal on Saturday as well. And as I said, there's a cracking, cracking, cracking article by Tim Rolls on uh, the stadium redevelopment and move. And uh, a very good one on CPA. Plus all the usual suspects like Walter, Mark, uh, myself, Clayton, I think, has got one in there. So there we go. Go and buy it. You know how to do that. It's only a pound. Hurry up. And if you can't get it in real life or at the stall uh, opposite Fulham Broadway on a match day, you can get it by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, you can follow at cfcukusa, uh, or you can contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore, and he will sort you out with a copy. So there you go. Now, boys, I've got about... Um, well, I've got four emails and probably about 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes max, 10 minutes... So, um, shall I dish one of them out? Have you, have you got have you got copies of the script? Yes. Yes. You yes. That's, that's two two out of three. 
Uh, my phone's just died with the script on it. Okay, so that's two out of three. So, Tony, would you like to read the first email and see how we do? If we get through them all, great. If we don't, we don't. Yes, I'll I'll give it a go. Um, shall I start right now? Are you happy with I that? I warn you now, I've not okay. edited any of these, so might, the English no. might be a bit weird in some of them. Yes, yes. So I'll, 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 um, I'll use some artistic licence where necessary. How about that? Um, uh, Author's Advocate, I think it's believe, I believe it's called. Um, so this first one is from um, a guy called Axel... Helmerson, um, uh, Axel spelled A-K-S-E-L, not as in Rose. Um, hello, I'm sending this to you from Norway the day after a sad Friday night. Yesterday, I saw one of the most painful 90 minutes with Chelsea football since I became a true blue. I'm shocked at how Conte could see the same team through 80 minutes before subbing, in my opinion, Oscar. Um, and then he's got a strange arrow thing. Fabregas should have been, in fact, from the starting eleven. But for sure, after 45 minutes of an invincible, and I'm guessing he means invisible, Oscar here. Okay. Also, I'm concerned of the signing of Marcus Alonso. If he's not good enough to play for Ivanovic, was he even worth signing? Which is a fantastic <laughs> point. And a very fantastic and very fair point, in my view. Um, I can't wait for Zuma to come back from injury. And Andreas Christiansen to return next year. I'm still pr- pretty much pissing my pants every time Kale is about to do a first touch unfair in my opinion this is me Tony speaking and David Luiz is still David Luiz which if you're going to be complimentary about him I'll accept if you're not then I won't um I'm sad mostly because Liverpool were better than us and secondly we didn't even want to control the game we had no creativity in attack it seems like Conti depends on Hazard Oscars and Williams individual skills what's good is that Diego Costa scores goals on a regularly, on a regularly, I think he means regular. Well, he means regularly. A lot. Keep the blue flag. Yeah, a lot. Keep the blue flag flying high. Axel Helmerson. So that's a very nice one. I can't say I agree with all the points in there, but uh, um, I think he shouldn't be sad because Liverpool were better than us, um, because sometimes teams are better than you, Axel, and sometimes you just have to take it on the chin, mate. Got to take it like a man. Absolutely. Like we all do in the cock on a on a, on a pre-match. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Knob gags are us. Um, Dan Levine, would you like to do the next one? Yeah, I can do. Um, we have Lovely. email number two here from Daniel Cabral. He says, hello, Chidge and the boys. So I expect you'll be getting a lot of email this week after the 2-1 loss. Should we be shocked? Remember, this is the same players who played like crap and finished in 10th place mm. last season. The same players who got the best manager in the world sacked. Yes, we've had a better start, but in all reality, these players are playing for one purpose, themselves. Mm. Hazard, two seasons ago, was linked to Real Madrid, and after last season, no one wanted him. (laughs) Costa came came out saying he wanted to go back to Atletico Madrid, so my feelings are most of these players are playing well to find a new club at the end of the season. We have an owner surrounded by idiots. Chelsea decline started in 2011. Remember when we won the Champions League, we finished sixth. Mourinho wanted to bring in more players, and the club said no. But as history shows, Roman signs players he wants. Balak, Shevchenko, Torres, Pedro. Don't be surprised if we say Arrivederci to Conti next season. Also, a side note, thanks again to the, for the Cundi signed shirt. is hanging on my son Tiago's room. Daniel Cabral. Of course, yeah, that's right. Um, I did, Dan Sills might remember this. Remember when I was wandering around the... Uh... That the Tommy Tucker very drunkenly clinging to uh, a, a T-shirt I'd bought. It was a wonderful T-shirt that I bought from the stall, actually. It was one of those... Yes, the sheds. Candy signed it, yeah. Cut, cut, my back we, were all, it. 
We were all rather drunk and Jason didn't know what to sign. And I, 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 what I should do, actually, Daniel, is apologise for, da- for Jason's terrible signature. But that was my fault for getting him a bit drunk. Um, but yes, I remember that. So I'm, glad, I'm really glad it's got pride of place. So there we go. Um, right, in lieu of the fact that uh, Dan has not got uh, uh, the script because his phone's died, I'm afraid you're going to put up with my dulcet tones. But there's a lovely email here from, oh, my mate, Bobby D, Robert Delcini. For those that don't, you don't, of you who don't know Bobby D, Rob, Robert Delcini uh, is, is an expat Brit who lives in Melbourne in Australia. And He's been listening to the Chelsea fancast pretty much from the day we started. And I, I was lucky enough uh, when I went to Australia for a bit of a holiday uh, to meet up with Robert. And uh, we went out. We got very pissed in some pub in Melbourne. We got so pissed so quickly that I, I, had, to, I had to go to you know go to a restaurant and eat because otherwise I'd have collapsed in a drunken heap. I was with my missus as well who came along for the, for the ride really. And uh, it was just lovely to meet Bobby. And he's been over here a few times as well. He was on the show when uh, Canners was on it. And lovely to hear from him. Anyway, he says, OK, so you got no emails last week. So that's a cue for me to put finger tablets, sign of the times, and tell finger to the tablet, I think he means, a sign of the times and tell you what I think. I'm reading a lot of complaints about how we played. The formations, the starting lineup, and the timing of the substitutions. Can I please remind people that we finished 10th last year? And remind, uh, and it reminded me of the season before Glenn Hoddle took over in 1993. We were in a bad position, but had to change something and went on a long-term project. That project gave us Kulit, Viali, Zola, Lampard, Terry, and the rest is a glorious history. Hoddle only left us to take the national job, and even though his win percentage was worse than David Webb and John Hollins, Christ, on a bike, was it really? He would have been given longer. <laughs> That's astonishing. I wonder if it was as bad as Danny Blanche Flowers. That was shocking, wasn't it? Or Jeff Hurst. I'm sorry, I've got to do this. Cue my Jeff Hurst story. I'm sure that the the, the people have heard this on him before, but I enjoyed telling it, so tough shit. Um, My dad was at the the FA Cup final between Arsenal and Southampton a few years back. And I knew he was there, but he'd completely forgotten he'd told me. So he phones me up. Uh, randomly say guess where I am and I said I know where you are you're at the FA Cup day he said yeah yeah but guess what I'm doing I said well I would imagine you're probably tucking into some somebody somebody who's paid for you to have corporate hospitality he said well yes but guess what else I'm doing and I, who am I with I said I've got no idea mate he said I'm he said I, I am with I am with uh, Jeff Hurst the you know only man to score a hat-trick in in a World Cup final the man that won England the World Cup he said what have you got to say to that do you want to say anything to him and I said, yes, Dad. Ask him why he was such a shit Chelsea manager. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm sorry I couldn't resist that bit of indulgence. Anyway, um, yes, so Bobby goes on to say, I really believe that we've got the right person in charge, but how is he going to assess what is required until he sees his players play under pressure in different circumstances? So why yeah. not give the starting lineup 85 minutes to change things around before making changes? Exactly what uh, you guys were saying earlier on, wasn't it? This, yeah. uh, this cannot be the usual 10-day project, but something that has to be built over a number of months that will last a number of years. So we will have many downs and lots of ups, but don't expect to see some real changes in our fortunes until the second half of the season. Anyway, keep the faith and stay blue. Up the Chels, Bobby D. Wow. Fine uh, stuff. Uh, Very sensible stuff fine. there, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, indeed. What a cracking email. But Bobby, yeah. if, you've met, if you're lucky enough to have met Bobby, as I know a few, <laughs> a few of us have, then you'll understand he is an eminently sensible chap and he's been around long enough to know 
that actually we should, should stop being nappy shitters, shouldn't we, Tony? We should indeed. Mm. We should indeed, yes. Keep those, keep those nappies dry. Yes, leave the school playground. You know, I really do think I should go and approach somebody like Pampers to see if they'd sponsor us. Chelsea <laughs> Fancast, not yes. for nappy shitters, sponsored by Pampers. <laughs> That'd be cool, wouldn't it? It did. You can come up with the ad yes. for them, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, who wants to do it? Tony, uh, Tony or Dan? Do you want to do the last one? I don't mind. I don't mind. Scott's um, quite. He's quite good at being vocal to me and you, Chidge, isn't he? Oh, well, you, you've seen. You've probably been conversing with Scott in here already. Cock and crack on the same sentence, Tony. Good times. There you go. So you've got a fan there, Indeed. mate. So it'd be rude, rude for anybody to do it but you. So far away, okay. my friend. Okay. So this is from Scott Brandt um, uh, at Philly Blues. Um, hey, Chidge and cohorts. The match against Liverpool was one that left me with a lot of questions. One being, why did Conte wait until the 82nd minute to make a change? Then when he does make a change, he brings on three subs, and not one was named Michi Batshuayi. Down a goal, and you don't put a second target up front for Fabregas to aim for. Also, I understand William is going through some personal issues that I don't wish on anybody. With that being said, he has not been the William of last year. It seemed as if every cross or corner he hit didn't get past the first defender. Um, here, here. I said that as well early on. Also, where has Hazard gone? Too much to ask for him to take a match over? Mm, mm, okay, I'll comment on that, but I'm not going to. Um, watching the match, I was pretty upset in the first half. We looked 2015-ish with no passion or heart. The second half was better. There was a reaction. They looked motivated and unintimidated. David Luiz had quite the day, in my opinion. The problem with that is, if your centre-back leads the squad in passes, touches and shots, you probably won't be able to stay with the team of Liverpool's pace. <laughs> stay in the obvious, but it's very true, is it? You know, uh, my biggest fear coming from this match is that of a Chelsea squad minus John Terry. His leadership, direction and organisation was sorely missed, as was evident on the free kicks. What we... What we what will we do next year without such leadership, assuming Terry isn't extended? Keep it up, guys. Every week, once the match ends, I count down to the fan cast. Keep the blue flag flying high. Scott Brandt, Philly Blues. Lovely oh. stuff, Scott. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Have a great, yeah, another very, great email. It was, wasn't it, actually? A very kind of you, your comments at the end there, Scott. And uh, I was going to, I should add, actually, if, Scott, I know you're in Mixer at the moment. Put your Twitter handle up on uh on the mixer chat room and i I will read it out in a minute hang on a minute (coughs) bit of a bob fleming moment there but um (laughs) i used to i used to love that on the far show so did i i used to do i used to do that in meetings if for meeting a really serious kind of board meeting or something if it was getting a bit boring I'd, i'd like i'd like basically just deliberately sit there and hold my breath so that my face would go red and then and I'd they go, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm Bob Fleming. And I would literally go, <laughs> for five minutes. And it, the people, there were a couple of people on the board who knew I was going to do it who would be absolutely falling off their chairs and laughing. You wonder why <laughs> my companies go down the pan or I get fired. That would probably be the reason. Anyway, whilst I was chuntling on about another silly chidge story, Scott has very kindly put his Twitter handle up uh, on the Mixer chat room. And it is at the Brant, B-R-A-N-T, 17. And the reason... I got him to do that was because go and follow him on Twitter because Scott is uh, an aspiring journalist, Dan, in fact. Uh, and he's been writing quite a few articles on Chelsea recently. 
So, uh, so go and follow him and check out some of his articles. And by the way, Scott, if you ever want to pen some stuff for the Chelsea Fancast, just let me know. Just email it to me, chelseafancast at gmail.com, and I will stick it up there. And on that point, great little segue again. I'm doing well with the segue tonight. That is exactly where you need to send your emails out. We, we absolutely, generally, guys, don't we? We love getting them, and I think it's a lot of fun when Indeed. we all get to read them out. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's great fun. It just gets the chat going, and, you know, you make some very valid points, you lot. Um, and I appreciate that, so well done. Right, um, that very, very sadly is all we've got time for this week. Um, I will be back next Monday, the 26th of September, live and direct at the usual time and place of 7pm to report back on Chelsea's match against Leicester, who are the champions of England of the English Premier League. And we are playing them in the English Football League trophy. Is that is it the EFL? Cup. What the hell? Is, cup. What cup? What the hell is cup. that? It's the bloody the League Cup. cup. Yes. It's the League Cup, isn't it? I remember when it was the Rumbelows Cup. Wherever it was milk, Rumbelows. Milk Cup. Yeah, Little Woods. Cup. Little Woods. Yeah. Milk Cup. Yeah. Milk Cup. Yeah. Worthington. I don't know. Was that Worthington? Worthington. Yeah. Worthington yeah, yeah. Well, it was the worthless trophy for quite a while, wasn't it? Actually, yeah. Capital One Cup, so they, subprime trophy. Subprime, sub. Oh, don't my my <laughs> missus used to work there. You know, I know. she used to work there, and I and I enjoyed. I enjoyed. Uh, I, I I've told you this story too, haven't I? I'm sure, but I, I actually enjoyed corporate hospitality in the director's lounge uh, at one of those matches at Chelsea because she worked there. And we had our own table, and uh, you should have seen the look on uh, Steve Atkins and uh, Chris, the uh, Chris Alexander, the finance director's face when they saw me sitting in the table. Eating blue cake, I was, and I gave, and they had celery in the director's lounge. So I gave a piece to Sarah. And I said, "You know what to do with that." <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't. Thankfully, she didn't. Anyway, we should move on. Um, yes, so we will be back uh, next Monday, uh, a blue Monday, as John Chips Chiverton pointed out, uh, and we'll be reporting back uh, on the Leicester game and the Arsenal game. And this, my dear people, is the last show before I head off to Calgary. And Montana for a couple of weeks. Yippee Kaye. I was gonna say the other bit to that, but I bet yeah. Um but yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go for you. Yeah, thank you, Tony. I'm gonna go all cowboy for two and a half weeks. How'd you like those apples? No, 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 Dan. I knew I knew one of you would do that. I am not going all kind of cowboy in a broke back mountain sort of way, but I will be going Slightly all cowboy, but I'm going to have a lot of fun out there. I'm going to go and I'm talking of knob jokes tonight. I'm going to go and see uh, Little Bighorn. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I am. I'm going to go and see Custer's Last oh, yeah. Stand. That'd be the place to go. Of course it would. Yeah. There we go. So uh, yeah, yeah that, I'm, I'm going to have a great time. I mean, the, the sad thing is, I'm not, I'm going to probably go to a part of the world where the only part of the world, in fact, where there's nobody that listens to the Chelsea fan cast because I've not heard from anybody. Uh, you know that uh, that that that's listened from Calgary or Montana, so I'm a bit upset about that. Kurt Chelsea just said, "Enjoy Montana is beautiful. Don't get eaten by a grizzly chidge." Yeah, you know what I shouldn't have done uh, on Saturday when I was a bit tired and thought I'd just go and watch a film. I watched The Revenant, not the best film to watch before you go to uh, places where they have grizzly bears. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, look, I will be there for a couple of, couple of weeks. So if anybody is in that vicinity, please let me know, and I'll try and catch up for. Uh, uh, you know a can of baked beans or something around a campfire whatever cowboys do so there we go so yes uh, the salient information for all of this of course is that after next monday there will be no chelsea fan cast for two weeks and we will be back on monday october the 17th so there you go now i will at that stage be joined yet again by the lovely dan silver dan 
I look forward to it. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, we'll also have Clayton with us, which will be nice. Always nice to have Clayton on the show. And we will have the return of the kid. Yes. Mm. Providing he has forgiven me, then Jonathan will be back with us. So there we go. Something to look forward to. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge. Dan Silver at Dan Silves 73. And Dan Levine at Dan Levine. And Tony at Grocer Jack UK. And of course, check out the webcast, webcast website on ChelseaFancast.com. Now, uh, last but not means least, uh, as I said earlier on, you've got a week uh, left to vote for us and nominate us uh, as the best football podcast and football blogging awards. Get your mum, your friends, your family, your pet hamster, I don't care, pet snake, I'm not fussy, any animals will do. Get them all to vote and vote at the footballbloggingawards.co.uk or at the FBAs on Twitter, as I indicated earlier on. Blimey, I'm absolutely out of puff. After that massively fun-packed show, I'm probably going to have to have a serious lie down, but instead I should probably just upload it instead. But uh, Dan Levine, it's been fantastic and a real privilege as always to have you on the show. It's marvellous to be here. And if, if you don't mind, just before I go, I'd just be a little bit mm. self-indulgent and say a couple of hellos. Yes. Um, the first of them is to JJ from South Africa, who um, came over for the Swansea game and got in touch with me beforehand and said, I booked this ticket to see Chelsea play at Swansea, but where is Swansea? And, uh, <laughs> good, good point, mate. <laughs> managed to get him there. So that was good. And he had a fantastic day. And the other one is to Mohammed from Kuwait, who tapped me on the shoulder somewhere in the middle of Swansea with a picture of me on his mobile phone saying, is this you? <laughs> and um, I said, yes, actually it is. And uh, we just had a little bit of a moment. And I think he may be the first man I've ever met from QA. So I know they both listen. So hi to both. You know what? That's so true, Dan. And I saw your tweet. And I, I, I you know, I, I felt I had a nice warm feeling when I saw that, because obviously that, that happens quite a lot for us. And it's just, it never fails to astonish me when, when you bump into people from all over the world. You know, in fact, I should do I should do a bit of a bit of a bet with you lot. You know, as, in terms of will I meet somebody out there who listens to the fan cast? Because I've never failed to do that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think you yeah. will. You will. I, I, I hope so. It'd be lovely, uh, Mister Silver. As always, fantastic to uh, to have you on the show again. And of course, I will see you. Uh, I will see you on Thursday, won't I? The the, the next yeah. Supporters Trust meeting. The meeting. Yeah, look forward to it. Indeed, thank you for having me. I. Always a pleasure, mate. Never a chore. Last but by no means least, a massive, massive, massive thank you to uh, to Tony for for really actually helping us out hugely by doing three weeks in a row, which has been tremendous of him. And mate, I, I, massive thanks. It's been a real, real joy having you on the show for three weeks. It's been a pleasure. It really has, and it's it's um, done a number of couple of things. First of all, it's um, kickstarted my desire to get the podding shed back on air. We're not um, happy, and are we? Uh, no, no, and also to um. Uh, how much I enjoy this, how much I enjoy yeah. just talking about sort of Chelsea football related things. But I think also um, it was great to, you know, sort of give my footballing mojo a bit of a kick up the arse, you know, yeah. and, and, and get myself back into it. It's very easy after a few months off to get mired in cricket or whatever that's going on elsewhere and then suddenly think, oh God, here we go, football again, stress and all that. But actually, this has been great fun. Um, I, I, I will always be available to come back and help, mate. Yeah, well, I'll be doing a schedule before I bugger off so that we're all sorted for when I come back. Um, but brilliant, really enjoyed it tonight. It's, but we've gone way over time, but there's been so much fun to be had and so much chat to be had uh, that it really is about all we've got time for. Um, a quick reminder again, look out for uh, Friday on the usual outlets for the new 
Kerry and Chidge Chelsea Fancast preview show. That is going to be absolutely mind-blowing, I can tell you. Cannot wait. Right, many thanks to my guests this week. Many thanks for everybody out there listening uh, on Mixler and on the podcast. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.